0: Brand new podcast, everybody. Uh, Body Shots World Tour tickets are on sale for the fall dates starting in September in San Francisco and ending in November in Cleveland. Uh, we have added some shows. Go to burtburtburt.com to get your tickets. I'm super excited. Super excited about this tour. These are all cities I have not hit yet. And this is my new hour that I'll be putting out on, uh, my, on Netflix, hopefully. Uh, At the end of the tour, we're we're filming four shows, I think, in Cleveland, so I'm super excited about this material. Thank you to everyone in Philadelphia who came out to the Met, sold-out show, so excited, such a beautiful fucking theater. Oh my God, Philly, if you ever get a chance to see any comic at the Met, I would fucking definitely go. Thank you to Casey and all the guys that rode with us on the WMMR team from Atlantic City, Or from Philadelphia to Atlantic City, that was an eye-opening adventure. Uh, Riding a bike. For those of you that don't know, I've talked about this. I rode a bike from Philadelphia to Atlantic City, starting at the Ben Franklin Bridge. Rode over the Ben Franklin Bridge. Really fucking cool. All the way into Atlantic City. By myself. I rode by myself.
1: No headsets.
0: No headsets. No music. Silent. No podcast. For six fucking hours.
1: Just bird with bird.
0: Good God. I stopped five times. I ate everything. <laughs> five
1: times?
0: Everything anyone gave me. They gave me Uncrustables. Casey had Uncrustables and he gave me some Uncrustables. Who's Casey? Casey is uh, one of the guys on uh, Preston and Steve's show. Ah. Uh, and uh, he's the one that got me into it. He's I'm such sorry. a great guy.
1: Uncrustables are amazing. They're
0: fucking awesome. With a
1: strawberry? I got to my, oh. I got to my
0: second stop, right? I'm out of it. I see Casey and our WMMR team under a tree. We're all in the same jerseys, and uh, I see them. I am dead. I am dead. I'm miserable. We're now 32 miles, 34 miles into the ride, and someone goes Bert. I got an ice crow, ice cold encrustable. It's a little frozen in the center. Do you want it? And I went. I love you more than anything right now. <laughs> all I wanted was ice cold water. The Borgata came and gave me ice cold water. It was such. It's amazing. I've been so thirsty ever since I did that ride.
1: Yeah, I would imagine you got pretty dehydrated. It was hot too. It was wasn't hot
0: it? as shit. My asshole hurt worse than anything I've ever felt. It was, you know, it's it's funny. I, I said this in the post I put on Instagram. I, you know, I, I, I'm, you know, I'm I'm just a comedian, right? Like I I know that I talk a lot of shit and everything, and I st- I'm always going to talk shit. I'm not going to stop talking shit. All right. Really, I'm just a comedian. Don't ever forget that. But I'm just a regular guy too. And I get inspired by Cam Haynes and and David Goggins and The Rock and Rogan and all these guys that are these Jocko, Jocko, I always say his last name wrong, Willenink, Willenink. But I get inspired by all these fucking guys. And man, I went through all their inspirational speeches on that bike ride at 30 miles at 25 miles, I wanted to quit so fucking bad. And I just was like listening to all the things they've said, all these fucking, get in the iron jungle, fucking. Uh,
1: get in the iron jungle? That's
0: the rock. He works out in the iron jungle. What the hell Keep is that? hammering. Stay hard. Conquer your inner bitch.
1: Don't cry.
0: Don't cry. <laughs> <laughs> that's all I could hear. I was so. those things and I think I I halfway through them I got super introspective and I go why do I do this to myself well because I don't know if it's healthy to be dead honest with you yeah I don't know if I'm being healthy or if I'm putting so much stress on my body that it's not healthy anymore I mean I, I took a nap after that ride and I woke up and all my toes and fingers were numb and I was like oh my body is pumping blood to all my organs that are in distress and it doesn't have enough blood to go around I was like freaking the fuck out having panic attacks and I think it's because I was on Travel Channel for so long and I did epic shit every fucking day that there's a part of me that craves it. And I go, I want these big tent pole events. I want, like, I, I like telling people at a dinner party. I, ran a, tri- I did, ran a marathon with no training. I did a triathlon. I ran a bike. I rode a bike from Philly to Atlantic City with no, I'd only ridden that bike twice before, three times before. It was amazing. It was an amazing experience when you get done. There's no better feeling when you're done. I saw couples on their bikes, and I thought, my wife would never do this with me. You are correct. I want to do more shit like that with you.
1: Okay, but not that. Noob. What do you
0: want to do together?
1: I like movie marathons a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Those are really fun.
0: My wife looks absolutely beautiful Aww, right now. that's so sweet. You, it's
1: my laser genesis. It's
0: the, I'm telling you, man, if you... If 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 your wife's, Leanne said some shit to me. I won't share. I although really, yeah, yeah. You said some stuff that really like kind of broke my heart. Where you were like, you were like, I don't even recognize myself in the mirror. I don't even look in the mirror because it makes me sad.
1: Yeah, that's true.
0: And this laser genesis. Has been so good for your skin.
1: Yeah, my skin looks so good.
0: You look. I today. I just kept saying, God, you look so fucking beautiful. Yes, it's sweet. also this outfit. It's a good outfit for you.
1: Well, thanks. But I, like, I still have the neck of a chicken, but I can't do anything about that.
0: No, but you just look so beautiful. But well, uh, thanks,
1: babe. That's very sweet. But I want to do
0: something with you. I want to do something fucking epic with you.
1: Uh, epic movie like climb marathon. Everest,
0: climb Everest. We climb- are
1: watching episode one through six of Star Wars on Saturday. That's pretty epic.
0: Do you want to climb Mount Kilimanjaro with me? Not at all do you want to let's rent a sailboat and i'll sail from la to catalina with you
1: uh uh with with a captain nope with
0: me i can sail i won the florida state regatta
1: no 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 pass captain with a captain i would do that
0: i love my wife so much more than she loves me
1: you are so crazy
0: i told her this morning that (laughs) i'm the reason that we're still together because i love her that much
1: (laughs) i told him i told you what that's not true because i have to put up with so much more than you have to put up with which proves that i love you more than you love me because i suffer more i suffer for my love
0: i told the girls last night leanne's smarter than me that that (laughs) just a fucking idiot
1: well that's not what you said what did i say you said that i am a beast in business that i'm really really smart in business you didn't say i was smarter than you i actually said that to you this morning (laughs) Oh, there we go. There we go. <laughs> but no, you were very sweet and very complimentary last night to Georgia and Isla about me. That was really sweet.
0: It's fun. It's fun being I love being married. That's what today's podcast is great. It's with Moshe, and Natasha, uh, Moshe Cat Mo, <laughs> Moshe, Moshe I keep saying I'm I'm stuttering. I'm so fucking tired. Um, I wish i just take one name.
1: What do you mean? They both have their own, they kept their own they last their own, Yeah,
0: because of professionally.
1: Yeah. Well, but, that um, makes sense.
0: But, uh, and they're such a fun couple to be around because yeah. they're really funny. This podcast is really, like, really funny. That's they're just, great. And it's because they have great chemistry. Tom and Push are the same way. Yeah. Because the they have
1: a real relationship.
0: Well, me and you will be doing Moshe and Natasha's podcast together this month. Oh, yeah? They're going to be in London at the Soho house. Uh-oh. What? Oh, shit. What? Nothing. Tommy's texting me gossip. Um, oh, huh. Yeah. Oh, so I'll show it to you in a sec. But uh, they are going to be in London at the Soho House, I think, August 13th and 14th or 8th and 9th. I'm not... 12th what? 12th through the 17th. 12th through the 17th. Same, same. Um, so if you're in the UK, I say this on the podcast, this is a great opportunity to do a date night. Grab your chick. Go down. They, Mo, Moshe does 30 minutes. Natasha does 30 minutes. And then they do... Like thirty minutes together on stage.
2: Oh, how cool is that! And they
0: bring up couples and they do couples therapy. Oh,
2: I love that. Oh, that was
0: fucking funny shit.
1: I bet that is great.
0: They're and they're so quick. What a Na- great date night. Natasha is just such a quick witted person. Right. And and Mo, I mean I, Moshe, I feel like is I get along with him so well. I really do. I've always connected with him. I remember watching him do a set in Aspen on my computer. It was on MySpace days. He was on MySpace. And I was like, who is this guy? He was so fucking fascinating. But they're a great couple. And it really is fun being in love. We yeah. went for a hike this morning. We did. We went for a hike. We fasted for 16 hours. We fasted
1: for 16 hours. And we gotta wrap this we up. Ate we ate barbecue. It was amazing. We ate
0: barbecue together, by the way. Tex Mex
1: AJ AJ's, AJ's Tex
0: Mex on Riverside
1: Oh my and god Laurel Canyon.
0: It's like kind of on Riverside and Laurel Canyon. Yeah. Is one of the best breakfast tacos I've ever had in my life.
1: And you know why? Why?
0: Because he makes his own tortillas.
1: Every morning he Dude, makes tortillas. I
0: love finding good shit and supporting good shit. Amen. That is why I'm so obsessed with the goddamn Dylan Freewater Flip Flop. I want that flip. I'm telling you, I'm a flip flop. I have gorgeous fucking feet.
1: Well.
0: And they stopped making this flip flop, and I'm trying to get this company to bring back this flip flop. The Dylan Freewater. If you can find, if you like a size nine, go online, buy a pair. There's a few sizes left. Size 12 is sold out. That's my size. I can't find them anywhere and but if get that fucking flip-flop. There's things I believe in, good shit. You know, like I love when you find a product that you can get behind. Like and,
1: Shady Ray sunglasses. Dude, dude, Shady Ray
0: sun By the way, they're a sponsor today. This is I'm not doing the read yet. Halston came in and goes, "Dude, have you tried Shady Ray sunglasses?" And I was like, "Yeah, why?" And he goes, "They're fucking amazing." Halston, tell me what
3: you yeah, just Yeah, la- last week you had an ad read and I was like, is this like a real deal because they were saying you can get two pairs of Shady Ray sunglasses for forty dollars, and, and if like, you lose no a way. pair, if you lose a pair, drop them in a lake, drop them in an ocean, they will send you a new fucking pair. Yeah, I showed them to you off mic and everything. I was like, check these out. These are these are what I got in the mail. Uh, I we, I did the read via
0: via my phone and in, in what you got and I hadn't gotten my pair yet and I came in. And Halston was like, no way. I'll tell you what I love about those sunglasses is they fit my big fat face. Yeah, they fit my face too.
3: And I've got a weird like.
1: They look great.
3: They're good. Not all sunglasses look good on me. They they look really great. They fit
1: your face so well.
3: Thank you. I used to. And you
1: got some for Brooklyn?
3: I got some for Brooklyn for her birthday. And she like them? She hasn't gotten them yet.
1: Oh, okay. They're
0: polarized and they're made to hold up no matter (laughs) what you do outside. Polarized. What did I say?
1: Polaroids.
0: They're (laughs) Polaroids.
1: They're They're polarized. polarized.
0: So if you want to save your Benjamins, you might want to give them a shot. The craziest thing about Shady Rays is the warranty. Their goal is to have the best warranty of all eyewear anywhere across the board. You won't find anything stronger. Uh, They include free replacements if you lose your shades or break your shades for any reason. It doesn't matter what happens. Uh, See if the high-priced companies will do that. Plus, the quality of every pair is guaranteed for life. Entirely free coverage for life for the craftsmanship of each pair. Alternate. That's not what I'm supposed. I'm ba- by the way, we. The reed is better just being organic like this. I think so. But
1: they're yeah.
3: gorgeous fucking sunglasses. Yeah. I got the black timbers.
1: You got the black timbers. black
3: Timbers because they look the best to me. It's just what I'm into. They're Let me awesome. see them again. Can I see yeah, them check it. Again?
0: These like really are black fantastic. Sort of thing. Dude, there's nothing better than having a couple pair of sunglasses. Totally, like just sitting at your front at your front,
1: or leave one in, one in each car.
0: These are great fucking sunglasses. I was wearing for such
3: a long time aviators from a brand that starts with an O. Then they're really expensive, and they don't make them anymore. And I'm never going to buy those again. I guess because they don't make them anymore. But I'm strictly going to be shady rays for real. Most it's, shady rays
0: awesome. are forty five bucks, and the lenses are perfectly clear and. Uh, They're the best ones you can wear. Shady Rays also provides 10 meals to fight hunger in America with every order placed and has provided over 4 million meals to date. They stand behind their product and told our team that if anyone has a problem, anyone has a problem, they throw out the profit out the window and do whatever it takes to make it right. Free returns and exchanges. You either love the shades or Shady Rays will pay to ship them back. That is it. Exclusively for our listeners, they gave us the best deal They have to offer. This is a Black Friday level deal, and they are giving it to us right now. Use the promo code BERTCAST50 for 50% off of two or more pairs. Buy one, get one free, basically. You get two pairs for $45. This is the best deal that Shady Rays offers exclusively for my listeners. Redeem them only at shadyrays.com, where you can find all the newest and best shades bertcast 50 is the promo code to get 50% off two or more pairs. Buy one, get one free. Thank you, Shady Rays.
1: It's a BOGO.
3: It's a BOGO. I seriously couldn't believe it. Right? I heard you say that and I was like, no way. I have to, let me just make sure that this is real. Make sure Bert didn't mess up the read or anything like that. And it was right. $40, two sunglasses. They're Amazing. Awesome. Yeah. Dude, I'm gonna make it rain, shady
0: rays. I have you? just a bunch of pairs because that's my eyes are so fucking sensitive. Yeah. Because they're gorgeous.
1: Just like your feet. Beautiful
0: eyes and beautiful feet. Bring back the men's Dylan free water flip flop. Please, free water. Bring back the men's Dylan fucking flip flop. This podcast is also brought to you by Vincero. Uh, I always said I'm not a watch guy. I had like one watch, but I also said I was not a sneaker guy until I got into buying sneakers and I found it fun to go into my closet and go, I wonder what shoes I'm going to wear. Now I'm doing that with watches, and it's a blast. I am wearing, they were nice enough to send me two watches, the Chrono S, Rose Gold, and this Bellwether, white and blue, nonstop. I think that's the name of it. I love it. I love it because it's a blue blue band. Blue's my power color. And Normally, I would never have bought a blue watch. I just was like, you know, I saw it on the thing, and I was like, ooh, that really kind of popped to me. That looks like a watch I could wear if I ever went yachting huh right isla stole the chrono s rose gold now that's gone but you're not going to find better made quality watches for this great a deal go to vincerowatches.com forward slash bert and use my promo code bert to get 15 percent off that is v-i-n-c-e-r-o watches.com forward slash bert to get 15% 15% off. Use the promo code BERT and you can see my top picks. I have a bunch. Like I said, I got the chrono S rose gold and this bellwether. I think blue and white nonstop. I think that's what it's called, but uh, they've got fantastic watches. You're not going to find this great a deal anywhere. So go to vincerawatchescom forward slash BERT. Use the promo code BERT to get 15% off and treat yourself. Thank you to all my sponsors, and thank you guys for always listening to my reads and supporting my sponsors. Remember, the sponsors pay for the podcast, they pay for Halston, they pay for everything, and so you supporting these pro- these people and these are cool people. These are podcast listeners. These are people that believe in podcasts, just like you and I do. That's why I kind of like I like getting behind these. companies. Yeah, totally. Especially when you find one that does it right, man. I I've, yeah, I'm all I'm true. I am podcast gear out.
1: Yes, we we actually use everything that I think every single product and service that sponsors, we either have used or still use. the uh, Same.
3: I mean, yeah. Yeah. Manscaped, like yeah. their buzzer, their lawnmower 2.0. 2.0 totally. buzzer is fucking awesome. I love it. Dude, we have a Blue Apron in the a kitchen right We've got now. a
1: Blue Apron today. We still We're, do Blue we sleep, Apron. Our
0: beds are all fucking... Our beds are Lisa
1: <laughs> and Casper and all past sponsors.
0: So thank you for supporting our podcast today's podcast is a burner i love that term a burner because it's just fun it's a light conversation we talk a tad bit about politics towards the end but nothing aggressive we're not challenging anyone we're just talking um and uh it's it's a it was a great conversation to be dead honest with you, we found out that moshe has had sex with over 400 people what That's what Natasha said.
1: Wait, how is that even possible? (laughs) He
0: was slinging dick in the 90s. He used to go to a lot of raves, he said. You'll hear it on the podcast.
1: That is ridiculous. That's a lot. You'll
0: hear it on the podcast.
1: Oh, my God.
0: Natasha's had sex with Eleven. She lost her virginity. You'll you'll hear all this on the podcast. Okay,
1: okay, okay, okay.
0: Um, They are on tour in Europe and the UK. August twelfth through nineteenth, seventeenth, seventeenth, same same. Body Shots World Tour tickets on sale. Bertbertbert dot com. Come come find me. Uh, we talk about their little their new baby, one year old. We talk about camping. We talk about surfing. They go camping. Oh, you, you'll hear about it on the podcast.
1: Ooh.
2: Ladies and
0: gentlemen, today's podcast: Moshe Kasher and Natasha Leggero.
4: Man, i know her story is insane so fucking it's really good yeah leanne couldn't put it down yeah no i know her story is truly insane her
0: story is in fucking insane she got she i mean she got molested Well, i wouldn't mind talking about this you, you good yeah. she got molested at like 12 she had a baby she got pregnant at 12 she got maybe molested earlier it's just it's the most riveting fucking story you know what's so funny is people talk about like I was thinking about this today because I was like I was like, I want to find out from you guys. You guys are really open-minded people. Are you but trying to fuck us? A little bit. A <gasps> little okay. bit. Yeah, 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 we started.
4: started. Well, like you're you... fucking Bert, unfortunately. Or 14, what? <laughs> Depending on how you see it. Unfortunately. You should have been paying attention. <laughs> I've gotten so bad
0: at sex. The uh <laughs> if I was gonna cheat on my wife, the person that slept with me would be like, ugh. <laughs> someone likes it that way. Um, <laughs> just staring at them like I'm at the dentist's office. Um <laughs> I, I I always, there's like types of comedians out there right now that are like, fuck white privilege. That's not a real thing. I didn't have white privilege. Not every white, you know, and then like, there's like that style of comedy. And I think that is my natural mouth breathing intellect. Sure. But then you read a book like that. And I think I've been, my eyes have been opened pretty wide, but you read a book like Miss Pat's and you're like, oh, I, yeah, I can totally see how I can see I can see the, 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 the path would be a little harder. If you're black and you're not just, you don't just have a natural dialogue with white people. You don't know how to, you know what I mean? So.
2: I mean, the main thing white people have is they don't have as much fear as, as black people have. Yeah. Yeah. And having a family and growing up, you know, your kids and being afraid that they're going to get arrested more easily. I mean, that's, you don't really know that if you're a white person. Oh, you're
4: saying that every black family, no matter how, rich or poor they are have had to have a conversation with their kids like this is how you act when the police pull you over and white families not always white families don't necessarily have to have that conversation Mm -hmm. right? that's like one little widget in the I'm with you I'm always like it's such a bizarre argument I was thinking about it's funny I was thinking about this in the shower today so it's weird that you brought it up that like this this idea that there's no such thing as white privilege is uh, it's not really an this is just my opinion not really an examined belief it's a political um it's a political uh position right yeah. it's like you to say something like that it really what you're saying is like i don't like the left i don't like speech police i don't like it's not it's not a super examined position cuz it's like we all believe. This is my opinion. We all believe in systems of privilege, right? Everybody believes in. I, I, I mean, I I know that there are systems of privilege. Like there's economic privilege. Nobody, doubt, not one person, doubts economic privilege that that exists, yeah. or yeah. or that or that you you know uh, being being born into a into a a legacy family or power power is a kind of privilege. Even if you don't have economic privilege, if you're one of these families in England whose family owned a you know fucking you know gentry mansion but you're not necessarily rich but you you have access so there's that that kind of privilege or hollywood privilege like if you're born to a hollywood royalty family you've got inroads so you all believe in these different systems of privilege so to to then be able to bend your brain one more notch and go even if you're a conservative even if if you're a person that doesn't like you know certain aspects of of you know uh uh racial politics to just go like well yeah that's another system of privilege it's another like widget of privilege seems to me more to be about like i don't want that's exactly what it is
0: you're totally right it's people that don't want speech police they don't like the left and they just go eh i just say fuck you to everything
4: yeah and there's that there's that version on the left too obviously right that wouldn't ever examine a conservative uh a a, a conservative position because they're like well i'm not even i'm I'm not even gonna uh, lend my brain towards that that orientation yeah but uh but yeah, of course there, of course there's, it's obvious that there's advantages in this society to being white. I mean, of course there are. What people often do is they go, um,
2: and African-Americans have shorter life expectancies. There's
4: a million different ways in which, yeah, completely. And poor people have shorter life expectancy regardless of their race. So, you know, I mean, I, I came, I grew up very poor on welfare. I, By I, wait, I can, is that
0: really a picture of your dad? i'm On sorry instagram the other day which one your dad passed away 19 years ago oh yeah
4: that was my dad yeah that was a good looking dude he was a cool guy yeah well, he, yeah and he was orthodox jewish he was but originally he was like kind of a beatnik weirdo he was deaf you know both of my parents are oh, yeah deaf. i know, yep, know that? yep so he was like um so there's so many layers of weirdness in my family but he was a painter like a, a abstract impressionist painter in the lower east side in like the late '50s, early '60s, Jesus. and then when my mom left him,
2: he gave he, up everything. He
4: gave up everything. Became a fucking postal worker,
2: and then also and became, became a, super religious.
4: Became an uh, ultra, ultra orthodox Jew, and never painted. He put down his paintbrushes. He put
2: them all in a in a garage. Put
4: them in a storage space, dude. And it was like the fuck. It was like a myth, a mythological creature in my family growing up. The storage space, because it like contained my father's like. yeah like his his old weird life was like locked away in the storage space and we could never open it and when he died it became this bizarre point of contention because there was like naked pictures of women in there and you know that he had painted when he was like a young weird artist and there were there were movies apparently of maybe my mother like maybe my naked mom i mean and I, w- I want that i mean who da- yeah. you know that's my mom i, I need yeah. to see that Moshe <laughs> loves his
2: mom roll that
4: footage. Wait, did you just post a
0: pic well, did you post a picture of your mom or did you post a picture of your mom on instagram i don't know
2: i haven't seen my mom so maybe it's mosha you haven't I, seen your mom i mean i haven't seen her recently to post to have post a picture no
0: of when you. she was younger i think oh. maybe i don't no, know i don't think i put a picture of my mom up no. someone's mom was hot as fuck Oh yeah, I, but I, I've been—I I was deep you been diving in in your Insta space? last night.
4: <laughs> were you in the storage space looking at my mom? <laughs> yeah, I just going. Yeah, 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 yeah.
0: <laughs> Dude, I can get the deep dive of uh, it's crazy. Like I'll scroll on Instagram and like because because you guys were taking um, vacations recently. Like you went camping. We went camping
2: I, with our one-year-old.
0: I did that once. What? Tell us about it. Oh, I almost killed her what'd you do <laughs> yeah I, I mean i i think of this so much i almost sat on her head i she was leanne was changing her diaper and we were on a boat and we were going over to catalina to go camping and i sat down and the boat moved and i sat down and i just missed her head
2: like you sat down really hard yeah
0: i I always sit down hard and oh
2: my um, God.
0: Dude, i break toilets because i sit down so hard <laughs> I swear to God, if I sit down, I, I fall when I sit. I fall onto the thing. I just make and I remember my wife just being like, "Huh," and I was like, "Hey." It was we, we camped with her when she was one. We took her out to Catalina, and we went camping with her.
4: I don't I don't understand how babies ever make it to adulthood, dude. I feel like I've almost killed my kid like nine thousand times. So many times.
0: I remember one time we were in we used to live in a loft, and we had a big, big you know like one of those exercise balls. And I threw it off the top, just threw it, and it just missed Georgia's head by an inch. I go, that would have broke her fucking neck. And then you just go like, Ugh.
2: "Are you like a wild dad?"
0: No, you're I'm not? not. I'm
4: not a good dad. I'm real. I think I think I'm a really bad dad. You're well, very you're cautious. You're such a bad dad that when she said, "Are you a wild dad?" you said, "No, no, no, I'm not a good dad." So you don't even know. <laughs> like, no, I'm not good like that. I'm not a crazy wild
0: dad. No, no. I am a fun dad. I'm I'm really, really fun. Like, uh, my kids are still, even like 15 and 13, they'll say stuff like, like, we'll be at someone's house and they'll go, hey, dad, come outside and play with us. And so all the kids will want to play with me because I'll come up with games. Like, I just, just. Why is that bad?
2: Work. That's so good.
0: I'm just not. I, if we're going to be very, very candid, I sincerely regret working as much and as hard as i did for travel channel oh yeah i was gone for nine years of their life every two weeks and then home a week and then gone two weeks and home a week and i really missed out on a lot of things and and i I, i'm feel bad that i go on tour like the way i tour but i love it
2: how do you tour you you go away for like a month at a time you're telling me that
4: the the body shots tour isn't the body uh, shots uh, world tour the the body shots world tour isn't a part of your fathering (laughs) system
2: (laughs) wait hold on you go for three months at a time
4: yeah yeah have you ever thought about bringing one of them uh
0: yeah i've offered for them to come they came to australia with me but you know they don't really uh we have just recently and and I think, you know, a lot of people say, oh, negative things about Instagram, but Instagram inspires me. Like I see people living great lives and I go, I should do more shit. Huh. So we went on. We,
2: you see Instagram people camping. You're like, we got to go camping. I want to go
0: camping. I swear <laughs> to God. I, I was like, I saw you going surfing. You, I saw you surfing a bunch on Instagram yeah. recently. And I just was like. Hey man, why why am I not surfing? Like, why didn't I? Why don't I go surfing? Bert, you went surfing with a great group of guys.
4: Anytime, come surf. He
2: has a whole surf crew. Yeah, Dude, a bunch I would of comics love
0: to, surf. to. I'll take you out. Um, I haven't surfed in forever, and I, I when I did it when I was a kid, I didn't even know if I could do it now. But like,
4: we have spent the you last. You
2: Can't be worse than Moshe. Hey
4: hey 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 hey! hey. <laughs> What's going on over on that side of the couch? I'm about to do the old Bert, Bert, on the boat sit down trick on you. We spent six
0: weeks recently, six of the last eight weeks vacationing. Me and my girls, and uh, we have we got along really well. We really still are all really good friends. We're all we're our family's really close.
2: How how old are the girls?
0: I don't know.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
4: you're like they're girls yeah, yeah yeah i guess they are girls yeah that's right that's right that's right 15 and 13 but like i saw your conan appearance about the period stuff and i thought i thought to myself this is like the best dad ever what a, what uh, an awesome figure to have in your life yeah but i guess you're not in their life so you're on i'm not But i'm not i mean i'm just not do you
2: facetime with them every night no
4: no but but
0: we're past that like it didn't i mean i don't know like I'm 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 present when I'm present and I and I don't hit them or anything and I and but and I'm I'm a good dad but like I don't there's a like I they've never very rarely, rarely have they ever seen me drive a car. I don't never drive. Um my wife always drive. My wife just is like a fucking bulldog. And so it she sounds like, like a
2: really good mom.
0: She's a great fucking mom. Especially
2: like, because she's not letting the kids feel She's not making them making you feel guilty. No, she's not influencing the kids. Like dad's not here. She's
0: just like she's like you know this is the life we lead. This is how, you know that some dads go to go to war and are gone for two years at a time, and some dads go to prison. Some dads are lawyers and work out really hard. And I think I'm obsessed with work. I'm I'm really obsessed with work. I can't shut my brain off. But we had, did. I made it a point this summer to do. We went to Bali, Australia, Alabama, and La Jolla.
4: Yeah. <laughs> Alabama must have been a pretty big steep drop from Bali and Australia. We had to see my wife's fucking family. Oh, you guys are from now? Okay. Yeah, my wife's I like family. that you included
2: it in the tour, though. Yeah.
4: yeah. Oh, yeah.
0: <laughs> the, um,
2: Alabama you, can be beautiful, though, especially in the summer.
0: Dude, I'll tell you right now, one of the best motorcycle gorgeous. rides I've ever had was up through the Talladega National Forest. It's Reminded beautiful. me of Africa.
4: Have you wow. ever, would you do anything differently if you could go back in time? Would you change no. anything? I wouldn't.
2: Obviously not. He's still going on three month tours. Yeah,
4: no, <laughs> I wouldn't. I wouldn't
0: only because, um, it's it seemed to have worked out, right? Like, and I, I mean, I, I, I wouldn't I, like. I, I think so much. Like, you guys don't have this, and Tom doesn't have this, and Bill doesn't have this, and Joe doesn't have this. No one had this. I was. The, I feel like the only goddamn fucking comic that had this. But like, getting having a kid being poor and being panicked that it wasn't going to work out and watching people's careers take off and going like, going like I'm and looking
4: at my kids going, they don't know I'm a loser. Oh, you by have this, you mean having had your kid at a moment of career question mark. Yeah. I had my kid. I, I,
0: when I, right before we had Georgia, my business manager called me and said, Hey, I was like, I'm going to take the month off of when Liam was due to expect to expect I'm gonna take that month off, and then I'm gonna take another couple months off after that, so I can be around for the birth. And my business manager called me the first day of my month off and was like, "Hey, you're broke." And I was like, "What?" He was like, "You you gotta pay taxes, and you don't have any money. You don't have any money." So like, and he was such an idiot. He was like, "So like, you should probably book a commercial or something." And I was like, <laughs> "Cool, man." And I was broke when I had Georgia. Like, this so pre
2: travel channel.
0: This is I had when I. I, for, I first I got to deal with Will Smith, then I got to deal with CBS, and I got a TV show on on the FX called the
4: X Show, and then I did a show called Hurt Burt. Wait, hold on. You're saying that you're four TV shows in, and this is your moment of rock bottom career wise? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I should introduce you to some open mics. It'll yeah. murder you. <laughs> no, 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 no. I have four TV shows, but then I
0: was like, I'm going to focus on stand up, and I I just spent all that money, uh-huh. and then and and by the way, I was featuring, I was I was I was featuring for jay Moore at the time and he was taking time off so like i was like i didn't have any money and i had to work i featured at all the improvs for 700 dollars. paid my own flight they put me in the condos or maybe put me in a hotel and i was making no money for at least i want to say like three years and then, and then and then and then and then i got headlining gigs but i was making 1300 bucks was my quote Thirteen hundred bucks, and then they dropped me to twelve hundred bucks. When well, I was you, had like, a, "You
4: had a hundred dollar demotion." I remember they were like, "Yeah, you know what? You're not they, a thirteen hundred dollar comic, Bert. Yeah, you're a twelve er." They they did it to me and another. They did it to
0: three of us. I'm not gonna say everyone's names. Yeah, you, you are. Shitty. You're thinking about it. I, I, yeah, I am. It's Wait, shitty. are they
4: both successful now?
0: No. Oh, that's why. Okay. And all right. so, and the other guys said no. They said walked away from it, and I was like, I don't have that option. I, I need the money. I mean, I, we were like. I, it's, I I was broke my whole time having kids. I remember watching Dane blow up, and I was friends with Dane, and I was excited for him, but I couldn't help but reflect that back on me and be like, w- when maybe maybe like I remember my wife saying, "This is how bad it was." My wife said, "Maybe I'm bad luck." She said it to me, Aww. and I went, "Why?" She goes, "I've always been poor my whole life, and when I met you, you had money, and now you're poor. You've never been poor before, and now you're poor." And then in my head, I was like. Maybe Fuck, she's maybe bad she's bad mom. luck. <laughs> maybe kids are bad luck. Yeah, kids are economically bad luck. But then but then I think I got opportunities because I had kids. I right. think I think Aaron gave me opportunities to work at certain places because I ha- she knew I had kids. Who's Aaron? Aaron uh Von von, Scho- von Schoenfeld. She books all the improvs. Right. And uh and I remember this guy Pete Pete who owned the Houston Laugh Stop. He, when I moved over to the improv, he said to Ian Bag, who did the same thing, he goes, yeah, but Bert's got a family to feed. And I remember being like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, I never, I remember going to fucking, see, you'll never have to do this. You'll go to preschool for the first time. And people will be like, oh my God, Natasha, Marsha, I'm a huge fan. I saw your Netflix special. You guys are fucking awesome. I oh love God, your podcast. I
2: hope we get a good a good recognition at preschool. <laughs> no, because,
0: because I would go and people would go, I went to preschool and it was Ben Savage. It was Ben Savage. Uh uh Jay Chenda Sekar. Uh Billy um who who did Steve Pre-Fontaine? Billy. I don't know what that is. Steve Prefontaine he played it's not Billy Zane. it's Billy Crudup. Billy Crudup. these were the parents in the class. Nia Vardalos and and my, and me. And then like other parents too.
2: Sounds like a pretty fancy preschool.
0: Yeah, and everyone was like, "So what do you do?" I'm I'm a, I'm a comedian, and they're like, "Oh, what have you been in?" And I was like, uh, "Nothing really. Like I, I had some shows back then, but uh, I'm just doing the road." And it was like this really humbling. And then you try to be funny, and because you weren't, like I remember Ben Savage is a really good dad, right? And he's on the ground, he's playing with the kids, and everyone's like commenting about what a great dad he is. He's such a great dad. And then I, he gets up and he walks away, and I go, "He really is a great dad." And everyone's around. They're like, "Yeah." I go, "It's pretty crazy, considering who his dad was." And they're like, "Wait, who's his dad?" I go, "Randy Macho Man Savage." <laughs> <laughs> and I would have laughed. They didn't. Yeah. They just go, "Jay his, didn't." That, give that you wasn't was his dad. About? And I was like, "Ah, oh, I, I was kidding." But it was like it was. It was like I. I, I really feel like I like my. I, I really feel like I only got comfortable in this business last year like like emotionally comfortable mm-hmm. I remember being there and being like I'm just like a loser I don't'm we're poor like like I always like Segura is gonna have fucking you're gonna go to school and I guess it's I don't know like do you feel that now do you feel like I well,
2: definitely don't care what people at preschool think of me
4: really yeah like cock of the, <laughs> cock of the walk walking into this'm <laughs> like you know uh no, I don't know uh, i don't I don't necessarily feel that. I, I don't know. I, I, I've gotten to the point where like so many people that started after me have whizzed past me, and so many people that have been doing it twenty years longer than me aren't as successful as they should be. Yeah. They're like I je- jealous like not that you're saying jealousy, but yeah. just like compa- you know that idea, like Comparison. compare and despair. I always compare myself to everyone. It was just, like it feels so arbitrary to me sometimes, success or failure, that I'm like, I can't even take it seriously. Like there's so many people out there that i'm like like genuinely like scratching my head like how are you a success and i know for sure that there are people looking at me thinking the same thing but it's yeah. just like what the fuck do i care
0: it's, it, it is my it is mind numbing because i feel i feel like i was on the other side of the business for so long and then to have just a little bit of success to see certain people that you would never really give you the
4: time of day uh-huh. come
0: f- seek you out and talk to you I, it's so weird i feel like i'm a
4: traitor uh huh. Like, oh, because you, know, you still think of yourself as like a, uh, a grinder, but you're not grinding anymore. Do you anymore. think you
2: have imposter syndrome? What's that? Where you think that you're a fraud?
0: Oh, 100 fucking percent. I'm fucking mildly tired. Talk- I sometimes will tell a joke and I go, I don't know why they're laughing. Like, I don't think it's that good.
4: Well, yeah, like- <laughs> I think we don't. We, we all have jokes like that in our act where you're like, I'll keep telling it because it keeps working, but I know in my gut this is not funny. Yeah, There's I, no way.
0: I used to have a joke about... Um, they don't make black baby powder. How racist is that? Uh-huh. And the punchline. This is the punchline. This makes no fucking sense. This makes no sense. The punchline was um, when white guys get a rash, they put it on and it blends in. But when a black guy gets a rash, he's got to ghost ride the whip. And it just it it's a, it doesn't make sense. <laughs> You're it right. doesn't make sense. No, and people it... would laugh. And I go, I don't know. What, I don't know how I'm doing this.
2: It sounds like a joke. Yeah,
0: it, it does sounds sound. like a joke.
2: And isn't ghost riding when you like get out of a car yeah, and like but, come back in? Yeah, but yeah.
4: That, that. And you dance next to your car. Yeah. The Nene challenge. <laughs> Maybe you could update that joke. They got to do the Nene challenge and then you'll <laughs> finally understand why it's so good. God, I but yeah, I feel like I feel like
2: I think in this instance they might be wrong. <laughs> do
0: you want to know something funny? Do you remember Premium Blend? Yes. Yeah.
4: So Pat Buckles Who's, that was
2: like an early stand-up thing where yeah. everyone got to do like five minutes.
4: Oh, God. I used to be so jealous of people that got pre- premium blend. Oh. I did me Live too. at Gotham. I never did uh, premium blend. You didn't? And I, no. Oh, and, and I would look at the people. This is how much the business has changed. Uh, uh, is People who used to get premium blend were like comedy gods to me. <gasps> people that got a half hour were like, they were superstars. Oh, don't even and people get me. that on half hours. And then and then an hour was like you're Dave Chappelle, you're George Carlin. Yeah. You're you're in the the stratosphere. Now, a half hour
2: Everyone's on their third hour.
4: Everybody's on their working their third hour and a half hour is like doing a spot on Premium Blend and doing a I don't even know what the entry level stand up show is. So it, I think it's Instagram clips. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. It is. So you did Premium
0: Blend? Pat Buckles sat with me. This is when you talk about imposter syndrome and not knowing why I'm funny. Pat Buggles sat with me before the show and said, I have your transcript of your set. I'd like to go over it with you to make sure there's the worst. And she read my act to me. I'll never forget her. looking at me. She goes, so my name's Bert. I know what you're thinking. Hot, sexy name. Uh, 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 Bert, Bert, Bert.
1: <laughs>
4: But isn't that true? That's comedy, though. Like, but you they, might have been. No, but there are comedians out there who, like, I could read their act from a transcript, and yeah. it would be not as good as them, but it would be certainly would be funny. I mean, if yeah. I read Anthony Jeselnik's jokes out of a notebook, people would laugh, right? <laughs> yes, yes. And then there's people who just it's not like that. Like if you if you read your joke or Delia, or if I read things. Delia's jokes out of a notebook, people would be like, I don't. But then you know, it's a performance. <laughs> yeah. So you're just not a, a that kind of comedian. I sometimes. I'm not either.
0: I sometimes will not tweet it i almost i almost tweeted something the other day and i go i'm not gonna tweet this because if i tweet it it's racist but i say if i say it it's not <laughs> like because you can by my inflection you can go oh i get he's joking but like it i was just like was it Ugh.
4: white power white
0: power forever is that what you were going to tweet no 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 i said i think that uh, asian chicks are like bmw 5 series
2: okay i don't get it
0: <laughs> they're great they're fucking awesome but there's so many of them you kind of just go oh yeah oh, it's a five series you know what a BMW yeah. 5 Series. Is, that I sounds have racist. Yeah, I'm not <laughs> positive it's gonna work. Well, I'm 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 ready to see
4: this. It's it's well, <laughs> polish it off. Like, it's like
0: it's like there's just I mean, Asian women are so hot, but like they're like BMW 5 Series. It's a great car, but at the end of the day, you're like,
4: oh, it's five series. Yeah. Oh, it's the tonal when you when yeah. you uptick yeah, yeah, your yeah, voice. <laughs> yeah, 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 you up your voice like that.
0: By the way, that's not even the part that was racist. <laughs> but but yeah, I I feel like yeah, I feel like that a lot. I'm dude. I remember. I remember submitting for half hours. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <sighs> I remember and like putting cool music in the, f- in the front with like my, like thinking they'll go, oh, that's a cool song. Oh. Like you
2: like were on the road and you recorded your set and you got the best one. And- oh, you
4: put a, like a little bumper music in it? Yeah, like Burkreisure uh, oh, uh, representation. And I put did it. Have a, did it have a gap in it? I, I submitted one with those ones with a little edit mark. Where I didn't have I didn't have a thirty minute set, but I had a good ten minute set, and then also a good twenty minute set, and I was just like, maybe they won't. That's thirty minutes of material. (laughs) Always a bad sign. Yeah, I, I had that too, though. You know, I I succeed. It sounds like you were more of a success than you. Than you thought you were. I think I was, but but I, I you always just
2: had like two kids.
4: I also felt like an. I've always felt like an
0: outsider. I've always felt like an outsider
4: in comedy yourself. A hundred percent. I still feel like an outsider. I still feel like in my brain, like because I was the last person in my whole group to make it. In my who's your group? Um, like Ali Wong, um,
2: Brent Weinbach, Brent
4: Weinbach, Louis Katz, Ryan Stout, uh, um, Shang Wang, Shang Wang. Um, uh, Al Madrigal had just left he made it, he he wasn't in our group at all but he was like one of the elder statesmen of the San Francisco people yeah. Arch Barker was kind of one of the older guys then we came out Bell those were the people any that, women besides Ali any women besides Ali there were women but I'm trying to think that people maybe would have heard of
2: I only like female comedians
4: uh, <laughs> but Ali was in there anyway but they all started getting picked off you know one by one like you used to have I don't know I don't know what, it, what if you relate to this but like what we were obsessed with and now it's so meaningless. But what we were obsessed with was getting new faces at Just for Laughs, oh. uh, or getting Aspen when that was a thing, oh. or getting an agent, or getting a manager, or getting a, a a TV spot. Those were like the five holy grails of comedy. Yeah. And all of the people that I started comedy with got those things before me, and they started getting like whisked down to L.A. And there was uh, there was one there was one um, manager that managed all of them there was one guy that like would pick off he's a major comedy manager and he would pick off he would pick off all these people so he was like he was my guy that i had my Uh i was like that's the guy right i he must i i I, he's got to approve of me and that's my road and uh and and i was but i was sort of languishing in san francisco like nobody was paying attention to me and i thought that i was good i knew i i i thought i was good and um I came down to do a series of, uh, of sketches with Brent Weinbach. Do you know Brent? Yeah. Super funny dude. And uh, he was managed by this guy. And the guy came up to me. At the same time, uh, the one headliner that did me a kindness back then was, uh, was Greg Berent. Greg, one of the greatest guys ever. He was, he was a very sweet guy. Sweet dude. Funny dude. He, had me, he, he started having me open for him. And he recommended me to his manager, who was a manager at Avalon. And I was like, you know, I was like, okay, great. But I really wanted this one guy. But and she wasn't biting fully either. She was sort of like, you know, flirting with me, like sort of dry humping me, but not yeah. allowing me in. And um, and so this comedy manager came up to me, and he goes, uh, he go after we do these series of sketches, uh, that um, he had bankrolled he goes hey this you're really good and if you ever need anything please let me know and i'm thinking to myself like this is my shot like he's saying if you ever need anything so yeah um my and my because my rule was i wasn't going to move from san francisco for no reason i wasn't going to leave my my home without one of the five things yeah. like unless i get one of the five things i'm going to stay there because i don't want to come down in la and just be anonymous in this sort of blank like fool and he goes if you ever need anything let me know and i say well actually you know i go uh are, I, I i don't are, are you offering to represent me you know and and you can feel it the, the chill just go through your the, 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 this by the way this is so me the thirstiness of it oh and i go are, are you offering to represent me and he says uh no 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 not we're not at that stage yet but i would like to know uh i would like to help you any way i can and i'd also like to know you know if anybody else ever comes after you uh let me know right which is, and i was in my mind what what in what your mind now would say is, oh, this dude doesn't want to work with me. Fuck this guy. Yeah, fuck that guy. But in my mind, I was thinking I fucking got him because I got the lady at Avalon who is yeah. kind of like flirting with me. Now I can uh, manipulate him into forcing him into representing me, Yeah, right? And I couldn't see. So I go, actually, yeah, there is somebody after me. There's somebody at at, at Avalon who's sort of interested in me. And he goes, okay, let's make it official then. Like to me, I like couldn't see the massive red flag that that was that so you're never supposed yes. to be convincing a manager to work with you they should be like chasing after you and yeah. going please let me work with you but i just thought like i fucking got him and i was like yes i have a manager and like i went back to san francisco and i started walking around the punchline like kind of different you know i'd be like uh talking about my manager a lot to my friends like yeah you know as yeah. much as my manager says my my manager this and that Fast forward six months, I made plans to move to LA. I was like ready to move to LA because I had this manager and I was like, you know, uh, now I was uh, not really focusing on the fact that he never had called me. He's never called me back. You know what I mean? He says that he's going to submit me to things, but then I'll like ask him questions about the tape and like, it's very clear he hasn't watched it, you know, what I mean? like, <laughs> and, but I'm just thinking to myself like, this is awesome. I've got everything I want. I got my one of five and that's in my end. Yeah. I'm packing, I'm almost literally packing up my car when I get a call from him, and he's like, uh, I know you probably think I don't call you vac- back very much, and you probably think I have too many clients, and you're right, and uh, you're right about that, and it's my fault, and I'm sorry, and he fires me. I mean, he's never done anything, so it was a, it was a very low it says level. is as you
2: were backing out of the of I, San Francisco, I
4: mean, kind of, right? I was pulling out from the Golden Gate Bridge.
2: It in reverse. <laughs> oh, let me take this call real quick.
4: Yeah, it was like the, the the three houses in Full House. I was pulling out from those houses, and he's like, "Ring a ding, ding." But I was like, "Well, I guess I'll move because I have plans already, and I'd rather move to L.A." and fail than stay in san francisco and 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 definitely not have anything happen i'd rather move there and try and fail than never try and guarantee to be a failure and then you started
2: dating me and you got so lucky well
4: that's true but that's yeah that happened way later though
0: (laughs) Uh, (laughs) was that how soon after that did you do aspen well i'm well i
4: moved to la and moved to la
0: and then got aspen
4: well, I went, I did, I did just for laughs. And this is actually, this story is actually how I got, uh, how that happened is I, I moved to LA and I was kind of just as I feared, like nobody cared about me. I was like, a, I'd been this big fish in a small pond and then I moved here and I couldn't even get stage time. And, um, and what I finally through a series of events, uh, got an audition for live at Gotham. And I walked in. And I remember, actually, I met with one other manager while I was down here, this manager at Roar. And the it it was a curb your enthusiasm sketch. The office, he was short. And the office was so small, it was like from a Wes Anderson movie. Like, he was like in the corner. It was like a triangle office that was like four feet. You had to crouch to get into the office. And he called me and goes, just a little busy on the roster right now not gonna work out i and i call my brother in a panic like i think i fucked up i think i should have stayed in san francisco <laughs> i don't know what i'm doing so i got this audition for live at gotham and i i got i get there and it's terrible the crowd is dead no everybody's everybody's eating shit everybody is dying and it's this huge opportunity and I'm in the back of the room and I'm just like fuck I have to do this. oh my god I got to figure out a way to do this I got to do well I have to do well I have to do well and then in right before I'm about to go on stage after everybody's eating shit person after person walks that comedy guy manager that fired me and I was like I've, I've got to do well oh, i got to figure it out <laughs> got to figure out how to do well and I get on stage and I Fucking murdered. Like I just like you know those nights where you don't just do well, but you're the only person that does well. So yep. So somehow you seem like Uh, you're
2: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I'm familiar.
4: and i just i don't I, it's like in it was i was seven years into comedy at that point and it was a seven minute set and i always think about that seven years for seven minutes right yeah. in that night i walk off stage i'm like shaking with adrenaline the fucking comedy manager that fired me walks right up to me and he's just like yeah oh, you that was great that was a ah and i was just like so gratified that i could tell he he thought in that moment that he had fucked up and um that night i got an agent a manager and uh booked live at gotham and went to just for laughs all from that one seven minute set i got all five of the things because of one happenstance set at the improv hollywood improv one night where i just happened to have a good set so i always think about that it's like that, one that seminal moment
0: one set did you this is going to sound not appropriate natasha but did do you feel like when you hear our stories as guys in comedy do you feel like funny women talented women have it harder or easier like talented women not just women like talented women
2: I don't really um think you can generalize it
0: is it you can't because I always feel like I always feel like there's something happens to women that doesn't happen to men that is I believe is unfair where I feel like women if you're a funny woman and 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 attractive you get thrown up so quickly onto places where you you may not be ready. You think it's easy? It's an easier road. I don't think it's an easier road to be a woman in comedy. I do no, no, not no, think I, that. I, I mean, but, but I think that. But to success, to, but to doors opening for you. I think doors open that maybe you're not totally ready for as a woman or as a comic. Not as a woman, but as a comic. Like, and that happens to young black dudes too. I think young black dudes. If they're funny, they're like they're, they're always looking for like the next next Dave Chappelle. They're always looking for the next Amy Schumer. They're always looking for like that next. I it's a theory I, I keep going over in my head where I go, if you had allowed, say, um, I'll just say Amy, because I'm friends with Amy and i I know that it wouldn't bother her that I say this. But if you had allowed Amy, and Amy's had amazing success and it's so talented. But I, if you had allowed her to mature the way you do most male comics where it's like it's going to be in it 20 years before anything happens, you know, then it would be a different, I think her path would be different. Does that make sense? Or am I just fucking out of my mind?
2: I guess I don't really see that. I always thought Amy like was always like working so hard. I mean, I know you're not saying she wasn't working hard, but I feel like she was like in the trenches and she did last comic standing. And it's not like the last comic standing was like, you know, like everything had happened, you know, it was like kind of a, I don't want to say a bottom of the barrel reality show, but like, you know, it was like, whatever. It's like, it's when you look at people now on those reality shows, you don't think they're like making it. Do you yeah. like when you look at what's that show you keep watching? Bring the Funny.
4: Why we got to bring that up? Bring the Funny is the, the, the kind of newest iteration of Last Comic on NBC. Really? But it's like a different... It's called Bring the Funny, which is it gives you a lot of information about it. But uh,
2: anyway, I just think the point is to me when I look at people on that, they're like slogging, and I feel like Amy really like went through the trenches.
0: I think she went through the trenches. However, I mean, I'm just being devil's advocate. She got, I mean, she oh, like
2: and she's really funny,
0: and she's really funny. But like three years in, she's opening for a tell around the country, and you know, opening for Norton around the country. Whereas I think. You know, m- most white guys. This is going to sound like a white guy complaining, and it's not what I meant, meant this to be. But I feel like most white guys are just going like, like just you just become a, you're anonymous for like twenty years.
4: Well, that's that's <laughs> true. I,
0: I I think that that's most. Like, I think most m- male comics are
4: anonymous for twenty years. I think that that is an old idea, actually. Really? I don't even mean about gender and race. Yeah. I mean. I think that the idea, what I was just talking to you about, like premium blend was this gigantic leap into a half hour, which was like you were a star, into an hour, which was like you're you're, you're Kevin Hart. That's, to my mind, that's an old mentality. And when it, I was
2: three years in, all I wanted was a set at M Bar.
4: That's right, exactly. I just thought yeah. it would be
2: like so, like I wanted to be accepted there so badly. And like, that's just it, like a local show in town. I but. think it
4: takes people less long to get attention and fame now than it did when we were start. how long have you been doing comedy Bert? 21 years that's yes.
2: true i think now things go a little faster things
4: go much th- maybe quicker. that's what it is it's the in- and it's because of the internet uh, no no doubt that if somebody is uh, a, a woman or a person of color or uh you know L- lgbt they're going to get noticed in a different way than an, an like uh, the anonymous slew of white people because uh, white boys because that's that is how that is the bulk of what the people are staring it at is. i mean they,
0: i remember the first time i saw chelsea handler do stand up and i was blown the fuck away and then and there's a thing when you see someone that pretty who's that fucking funny you're like oh my god she's gonna be a fucking star like that's in your head or fortune Feemster, and obviously gay and and fucking hysterical and you're like oh my god there's so many like jessica Curson funny and gay those uh, those outliers just are so as opposed to this slew of white guys all kind of doing the same thing
2: i agree with you that as an audience member i usually would rather see a woman they're more yeah. interesting their point of view mm-hmm. is a little more i don't know it's it's they especially you know women who decide to do stand-up are sometimes like like you said, the outliers, and they're like, you know, they've been through more or they've been through a lot and they are here to talk about it. And I don't know, I just... And they're pretty to look at a lot of times. So it's like, they are a little more fun to watch.
4: I do have this like sort of pity for... There's so... There's a lot of... Pity is the wrong word, but like there's a lot of people out there who I'm like, who are technically good comedians and they're good. They do well, but there's just nothing to sink your teeth into. And I don't know that that has really much to do with, it doesn't help, I would say it doesn't help to be a white dude, but it yeah. doesn't have much, it doesn't have only to do with gender and race, but it's it's more about like, the whole name of the game with comedy is like, like who am I looking at? Like when I yeah. would watch you do a set, it's like, you're, you're probably an extreme example of like, I know exactly who this dude is. You know what I mean? Yeah, like yeah, I know yeah. what he but did. But you've
2: been I, finding it more and more.
4: I, I, it took me forever to find it.
2: Like, I'd rather watch, I am not not than you, but, like, I love watching someone like Tig or Sertiana yeah. or someone who's just got, like, a really strong point of view, like a woman.
4: But, yeah, but if I look at Burt on stage or I look at, you know, like, Delia. And women are
2: smarter, too, so usually it's, like, <laughs> more, in like, their takes on things are, uh-huh. like, more interesting.
4: But like, I'm saying, like, those are, like, you guys are white guys, but there's no part of me that's just, like, oh, uh, you know, here's another white dude. Yeah, It's, like, oh, Burt's, like, this party animal, you know, like... Dalia, he's this but you know bizarre observer of you know this mega performer you know you look at like sebastian that's a white guy who's like you know who that is you yeah. know he's this like incredulous italian dude like you I, I, to me what the, is the death knell is like anonymous it's like at the end of it you go like oh yeah i guess that guy was funny like what was his thing that's what that's the fucking death the death blow it's
0: getting to, it's it's i think the th- the thing i'm trying to get at in my head and i've i've had this theory for so long is that like to find your thing that makes you interesting to an audience like your be it your hook or whatever the thing where people go i want to hear more from that person i wa- i want to know his take like sebastian sebastian really is i mean like a little bit of a fucking eccentric dude do you, I, he wears a chef outfit to cook <laughs> <laughs> like for real, I'm not even joking. Like I thought when I first like met at home, at home with Crocs on. He puts he puts sh- on. You, were you there? Sh- no, no, no. I follow his fucking Instagram.
2: But it, don't you think maybe he was just being funny? No, 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 no,
0: no, no. The first time I ever <laughs> met Sebastian, we were playing home run derby. I swear to God, dressed all in black, n- knee high socks. Uh, knee pat i mean it was like he was doing a character it was it really was and i started laughing thinking he was joking and he wasn't he wasn't joking at all he was like moosing his hair like it's him it's so him so like the thing i think is like i did not like that, that special i did comfortably dumb is that's just me thinking what i think people would like like going like like dan's got a joke like that i could have one like that yeah you know? but why'd
4: you get the special that's so I'm, what I'm saying. It's like oh. If you're saying that's your moment of like, oh, I didn't know who I was. I hadn't figured it yeah. out. I'm kind of going like, I don't quite believe that because why'd you get the special in the first place? And how Clearly, are you
2: self-aware enough to call it comfortably dumb?
4: Right, like exactly. Let that, yeah. that The title alone shows like, I know who this dude is. It, yeah. here's, a, here's a guy that's comfortable being like a, a meathead or whatever. Yeah,
0: right? I, I think so I you had figured- a couple good jokes, but they were, they only like two of them are in my voice that I have now. You know, like where I, where I Like, my thing now is, like, I want to be able to write jokes that no one can write because they don't, like, like, it's not a writable joke for that, for anyone but me.
4: So you don't have to worry about joke thievery because nobody could ever tell one of your jokes. Yeah. By the way, I tried doing... Bert, that's a sexy name, uh, 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 uh. at the improv last week. <laughs> Pat
2: Buckles gave it to me. Yeah, it got
4: nothing, dude. It got nothing. So you're right, that wasn't a funny joke. Yeah, yeah. I tried it, and it did. Oh. Well, Natasha's got one of the most developed characters in comedy, I think. I always thought that before we started dating, I was I like, oh. I would see you on stage and just be like, this girl knows exactly who she is on stage. Like, well,
2: I remember Bobby, because I hung out at the comedy store a lot when I started, and I remember yeah. Bobby Lee was always giving us advice, but one thing he said totally stuck, and he said, try to be funny before you start talking. And so that really like blew my mind because I was like, oh, I'm just supposed to be funny. Yeah. So like now I still do it whenever I go to the mic, like it's always too tall and like I'll kind of fall and it's stupid, but I'm like flopping my body around and acting like dramatic. I mean, I said this sounds kind of hacky, but I don't no, know. I, I, I just do something naturally no, that yeah. always gets some kind of response. And I think that's try the at, at the best it like puts me in the zone of you're, like i'm supposed to be funny you're
0: saying you're going that sounds hacky you're talking to a guy who takes his shirt off <laughs> before speaking.
4: wait what percentage of sets do you take your shirt off for headlining sets 100? 100 oh, 100 yeah have at, you ever the not closer
2: since no, no, you no. started
4: have you ever not no uh
0: no i mean i have at the store sometimes i won't oh right like i'm right, right. in the or i usually don't Although if I'm nervous, I will, you can tell because I, I'm, I'm really uncomfortable. <laughs> what in is a wrong
4: shirt. with you that when you get nervous, you take your shirt off? That <laughs> is,
0: you are not a normal human being. I'm very uncomfortable with the shirt on. Like I'm really very uncomfortable. Yeah. And so like if, if I'm at the OR, uh, and I'm nervous, it'll, it'll, it just, it allows me cause I don't ever perform with the shirt on. So to perform with the shirt on, I feel like I'm really, I'm really out of sorts I never um, perform with a condom off. Dude, I almost put a condom on for that fucking bike ride. <laughs> Why? Because it, I, my, uh, my dick placement was inaccurate, and it was just rubbing against my pants, and I had put all this uh, uh, saddle cha- chassis cream on, mm-hmm. and so it was like super moving around, and I was like, oh my God, it's going to be rubbed raw after 65 miles, and I literally thought, I'll put a condom on, and then that'll make sure to be
4: protected when we were in elementary school we stood we understood so little about condoms that we there was a rumor that this one kid who was like we thought was sexually more developed than us (laughs) was wearing condoms to school we were like hey he's wearing a condom every day he wears a condom like we did we had no idea what a condom was for just like yeah man brian he wears condoms all day long i was telling someone the other day the
0: first time i ever saw a condom was in revenge of the nerds when they go remember they bring, he brings them into the alpha to, uh, or the uh alpha whatever mm-hmm. and there's a sheep and he just goes and two condoms unrolled come out like that so that's why I, that's how i thought you were supposed to put a condom on i thought you had to unroll it because that's how and then just stuff it in and then uh, yeah and i the first time i did that an air was trapped and so as i, I was at the foot of the bed i was 17 years old and i unrolled it all the way and i went to slide it on like a sock and it just kept inflating, and so it was. The, I'm telling you, man. That's why when we talk about sex, I am so. I got so fucked up by that first time I had sex. I did it so bad. That I was traumatized. That I really, I really have not had sex with a lot of people. Because how old of that. are
2: you? How old were you? I was seventeen. 17. Why was it traumatizing?
0: I put. The, I finally figured out how to get a condom on. I get on top of her, uh, and literally. As soon as it starts, it's over. Like, just like one. And then I'm like, ah. She looks at me and goes, "Uh, are you going to put it in? I've already come. (laughs) My dick's between her butt cheek and the bed. Hilarious. I didn't even have sex with her. I just. (laughs) And then. That's very funny. And then I had sex with her after I'd already compromised the integrity. Oh, you went again. I. That's good. Uh, it's like it's like saying, hey, do you want to go on a hike? And you go, yeah, 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 yeah. Let me jump in the river with my boots real
4: quick before the hike. Wait, it did was, you have
2: to switch out the condom or you no, went again in the same way? Wait, you went I with used, the same
4: condom? I used the same condom. No, you can't do that. That's a, you I get, know that now. You get a dribble pregnancy. That's yeah. a bottom that's a bottom dribble. You don't want a bottom I dribble was child.
0: Panicked. I had panic attacks so severely. To this day, I can't smell the the smell of colors perfume because <laughs> it reminds me of that night. <laughs>
4: That's a perfume based on the Robert Duvall Sean Penn film Colors. Is that right? Colors. Yeah.
2: Wait, did you ever have sex with her again?
0: Uh, Twice more and uh, both just so bad. I was so bad.
2: Maybe she wasn't making you feel comfortable or guiding you in the right way.
4: Oh, when you're 17, how can you feel comfortable? She was older. She had had sex before. Were you comfortable your first time?
2: No I cried.
4: No you didn't, really? In the middle or after?
2: I was just like, "Oh, my mom's going to be so upset."
4: Oh, that's so hot. Wait, I bet you- oh, I bet that Fuck turned you. him on so much. I'm just saying. I
2: didn't say that.
4: Oh, you were thinking that.
2: I was thinking that. I was 16. My
4: friend had sex with a, a woman once and in the middle But I had of a it,
2: boyfriend, yeah. In
4: the middle of it she got up. Her mom had died recently, and in the middle of it she got up and started running 360 around the bed saying, my mother is watching me. My mother is watching me. You oh. fucked
2: a girl who did no, this? No, it wasn't
4: me. It was a friend of mine.
2: Well, Moshe has famously fucked 400 people. Wow. So I wasn't <laughs> sure because that's a lot of people. Have you had sex with
4: a lot of people? I've had, yeah, He prob- thinks yeah. it's
2: somewhere between three and 400. Are
0: you serious? Pro- pro- I, 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 yeah, but probably. <laughs> Wait, how do you? I mean, like how? What were you a camp counselor or something? <laughs> what? Ew! What I'm is your mode God. of sexuality? I mean,
4: but I, I don't even know. What like, are you a? What are you a, a preschool teacher or camp <laughs> counselor? What kind of cockhound are you? Did you have a Boy
0: Scout troop? How do you get? How do you get those numbers? <laughs> well, I was. Do you work at an outreach, a
4: neighborhood outreach. <laughs> <Are> you work at <laughs> a halfway house. Are you a? Are you a defrocked priest? What's at happening a better with you? <laughs> what are you at the B- Boys and Girls Club of <laughs> South Slauson? No, nope, I was. Um, I I started going to raves when I was uh sixteen, yeah. and I spent like probably ten years in that scene. There was Andy like,
2: was sober, so he was probably like his drug was pussy.
4: Yeah, my drug was pussy, which is the name of my memoir. Uh <laughs> But no, I yeah, I I, I definitely was sexually. Yeah, you
2: know, I I got a lot of. I turn
4: <laughs> I turn into Sebastian all of a sudden <laughs> cooking. I fucked with a chef's outfit. I. uh but no,
2: I, I had I'm just roasting you because we we have on our podcast he because I said I had had sex with I think eleven people but it might be fifteen but I hope it's eleven so he doesn't think I'm a slut.
0: That's so and interesting that it just jumped four
2: because I just like I don't remember <laughs> and I don't feel like counting. Them. No, I always say yeah.
4: like men and men women would like to be able to have. This is such a generalization, but I feel like women would like to be able to have their partners like counted on uh, two hands or at, at most two hands and two feet, and men would like to not be able to remember. M- men yeah. would decide to be like, you know, I don't know. I, I lost track in that in the 2003, that's when I kind of lost track. Yeah,
2: Moshe mine's, has mine's game. six six
4: Yeah, six.
0: Wow. Yeah. But, but, I mean but then I, I was telling it to someone else, I was telling it to Tom the other day. And then he was like, I think you've had sex with more people. Uh,
2: because, See, it's hard to remember.
0: Yeah. I mean, I was I just was so bad at it that I I wanted to be in a relationship if I did it. So you so can get good at it in that relationship. Yeah, and that be makes like sense. Yeah. Might I wasn't be- someone who was just gonna go, I couldn't understand those guys who have one nice dance.
4: I was like, sweet. You go and you perform to a stranger? Well, that was the thing. I would say 80% of those women were were one-night stands, people that, I mean, there are dozens of women, probably maybe more, that if I saw, if they were on your podcast, I wouldn't, and we were talking this intimately, I wouldn't know, I would mm-hmm. not remember them.
2: Moshe would have a girl who'd come over after a show and they'd give him a sugar scrub and, <laughs> like, feed him candy and then, like, you know, do things for him, and then he'd leave.
4: There was one. There I was kind of had it
2: made. It was fun. Back rubs.
4: But I know it's better now. I like it better now with you. I enjoy it more. <laughs> That's a good I don't one. give yeah. you back
2: rubs. Oh, I do sometimes. No, you I guys mean,
4: seem like a really really fun couple. We have a good time. Yeah. <laughs> Except when she brings up my uh, my uh, my f- my sordid past. Dude, I had one girl that I had uh I had like a long term casual sex thing with uh, a couple years, and um she never she never mentioned that she was unhappy or that she was catching feelings or anything it was always just like the most casual thing in the world and i i just assumed because guys do that when we're in these like booty call situations you kind of like try to not you try to assume like the best for your own moral sort of uh, compass you know oh no they're good with this yeah and she never said anything and then one day when we were done she was like uh Oh yeah, uh, I'm gonna smoke a clove cigarette. Do you mind? And I was like, "That's funny." I, I, I smoke clove cigarettes. And she's like, "Oh really? Do you want one?" I was like, "Yeah, I'd love one." So I'm smoking a clove cigarette. Then the next time she's like, smokes her clove cigarette. She's like, "I'm gonna crack a crystal geyser uh, lime, crystal geyser." And I was like, "That's
3: that's, that's weird. Funny. I
4: that's my kind of my that's my drink right there." She's like, "Oh really?" And then. The next time she had gummy candy, and I was like, That's, I, "I love gummy candy." And, and then this
2: story is so weird.
4: And then the next time we this went is to have sex, I how
0: you molest children. I think
2: <laughs> <laughs> what she did to things. me. <laughs>
4: <laughs> then the, the when we when I I ended it because one of the last times. I was like, oh, where are the condoms? She's like, oh, they're in the top drawer there. And I ch- opened the top drawer and there's a stack of condoms and next to it, it says, so you're thinking of converting to Judaism. And I was like, okay, <laughs> you, you've been doing some research. Maybe I you mean, didn't like, get
2: the signs though.
4: I'm sure I willfully ignored the signs. I do feel like that's what guys- Why
2: don't you think she d- was catching feelings She for never
4: you? said a word. She never said she a word. She was waiting
2: for you to make the move, bro, and you were every night fucking her.
4: I know, I know. I do feel like that was in retrospect well I don't know what I could have what am I just I supposed don't think do? she seems
2: this weird in this story because I've heard this story before
4: so you <laughs> thinking of converting to Judaism next to the condoms like I'm just gonna be like were you were you thinking about hey, I, I, the, the religion I, of my forefathers were you were you oh well how interesting
0: oh that's fucking
4: crazy
2: she probably thought you were her boyfriend
4: no way you think so
2: I don't know I don't know her
4: actually yes you do Mid roll reads.
2: Mid roll reads. What are they?
0: These are mid roll reads. This podcast is brought to you by Quip. Look, packing your toiletries somehow always involves a delicate game of stacking and space hacking, and don't get us started on lotions exploding all over our dob kit. That's why Quip electric toothbrushes work just as well at home as they do on the go. The compact and wireless design tucks easily into the corner of your carry-on, your backpack, your pocket, for Christ's sakes, if you're just spending the night. Plus, the travel-ready cover protects your brush from sandy swimsuits, luggage slip-ups, and everything. And the three-month battery life will last you through a season filled with weekends away. They're making it easier than ever to keep up with your wake-up and wind-down routine when you're out of the office. I absolutely love this toothbrush. Why? Because it forces me to toothbrush. It forces me to brush my teeth for the allotted two minutes. It's 30 seconds vibration every 30 seconds for two minutes to remind you to do the top right quadrant, top left quadrant, bottom left quadrant. I love the cap on them. The cap, if you take it off, you shove it on the mirror and then your toothbrush is staring at you right on the mirror. It's not laying on the grout of some hotel room. And for me, I take that cap when I'm done the weekend, I pop it back on, I throw it in my backpack because I will always have my backpack with me. Sometimes I forget my dob kit. The best part is brush heads are automatically delivered on a dentist-recommended schedule every three months for just $5. A friendly reminder to, to tell you it's time to refresh and stay committed to your oral health. The thing that is not in this read that I want to tell you is I have a problem with toothpaste, and Quip's toothpaste tastes fantastic. It's the only toothpaste I'll use. I, I, I was brushing my teeth with soap for a while. Anyway, kids' brushes are new. The new design is same as their original, just tweaked for size-down mouths. Kids are inspired to brush better and more often with oral care that looks and feels like the products the adults in their lives used, and they're proud to use Quip. Help them develop a grown-up routine without childish gimmicks. I will be taking my Quip toothbrush on the road with me for my Body Shots fall tour. It was on my winter tour. I put it right on the mirror on my tour bus and it stayed there the whole tour. And then I had another one that I kept in my backpack for when I went home. That is why I love Quip and why I'm taking it on the road. Quip starts at just $25. And if you go to getquip.com slash Burt right now, you can get your first refill pack for free. That is your first refill pack for free at dot com slash Burt. This podcast is also brought to you by FIGS. I think there's something we can all agree on. Doctors, nurses, dentists, people who work in the medical and healthcare industry are freaking awesome. And all of us can think of a time when a medical professional helped us or a family member. These amazing people dedicate their lives to caring for other people. Shouldn't these amazing people wear scrubs that make them feel good? I sure think so. What these amazing people do every day is more than a job. And what they wear is more than a uniform. Shouldn't they wear scrubs that make them feel good and perform at their best? I think so. I think so. For years, nurses, doctors, dentists, all of them, awesome medical professionals were forced to wear scratchy, ill-fitting scrubs. I bought a pair of scrubs one time. As a joke, me and my buddy Croy bought them and we were going to wear them out to a bar so we could pick up chicks so they thought we were doctors. They were so uncomfortable, we could not get out of the house in them. They're ugly, they're uncomfortable, and they weren't designed with innovative technical properties to protect the life-saving tools. Figs creates the highest quality medical apparel so that medical professionals look their best and feel their best. Every set of figs is antimicrobial. Is that the right way to say it? Protects from germs of bacteria? ridiculously soft, moisture wicking and features four-way stretch. I just got a pair of Figs, two pairs of Figs the other night. I freaking love them. I'm going to fly in them. They're like cool-looking uh like uh, cool-looking sweatpants but stylish. Figs are made with yoga waistbands and come in a variety of styles from classic straight leg to joggers and skinny styles. I got the skinny styles. Figs gives back too and so can you. Every time you shop at FIGS, they give scrubs to a healthcare provider in need around the world through their Threads for Threads initiative. To date, FIGS has donated hundreds of thousands of sets in over 35 countries. Speaking of giving, FIGS makes a great gift for the lifesaver in your life. If you know a doctor or a lawyer, you can get them a gift card. FIGS gift cards are available. So the next time someone, the healthcare professional, maybe a dermatologist or a pediatrician, Saves the day. Tell them thank you by sending them figs. So whether you're one of the awesome humans that works in healthcare or someone that wants to say thank you to those deserving folks, figs is going to make that easy by providing you with 15% off your first purchase using my code BERT. Get ready to love these scrubs. By the way, you can just buy them for yourself. They're comfortable as shit. Okay. Head to wearfigs.com. That's W E A R figs dot com and enter my code Bert at checkout to get fifteen percent off your first purchase. Thank you so much, Figs. I'll be sleeping in you again tonight.
4: How long have you guys been together? Oh, seven. I think we've been seven.
2: married for four years.
4: Yeah, four years. When we were together. I think three years before that. I think so. Seven years. This is by far the longest relationship I've ever had. By far. Me I'm too. At Seventeen. That's why I've been married fifteen.
2: Do you recommend marriage?
0: I do. I love it. I'm so happy. I'm so happy.
4: I'm. Are you
2: happy, Moshe?
4: I will say that I am. (laughs) I am without hesitation, infinitely more happy and satisfied and emotionally fulfilled in our relationship than I was like pretending not to notice that she had Swedish fish. Like, (laughs) there's definitely. I always. I say in my act like. When you give up being promiscuous, you, you you give up variety in exchange for depth. I I was twenty years of dating and nothing ever went even a notch below the surface. I mean, even a little below the surface. I barely even knew these people, and now I I, I wouldn't. No, I'm hundred percent happy. What's your What's your average day look like for
0: you two, for the two of us together? Yeah, like walk me through like
2: like a Saturday or like, like no, she's no, like, working. And...
0: Let's do. I don't know. Give me like a like a a just a, yeah just an average day like it you, give me give me a work day and then give me like a saturday
4: a work day uh, i mean it doesn't we're kind of like you but there's two of us right yeah. it's like every day is kind of different i've been i i write on tv shows a lot so like yeah, when we, i have i
0: just saw you were writing on something recently
4: i was writing on a show that's coming out soon on hbo called betty And uh, uh, a a show about girl skateboarders. And then I was writing on uh, Little America before that. This is coming out on Apple, which is about um, uh, immigrants. uh, And uh, it's like an anthological story about immigrants. Comedy, kind of. It's it's a pretty cool show.
2: So we wake up. We fuck.
4: Yeah, yeah, for sure. We bone hard.
2: No, we wake up.
4: I smoke a clove cigarette.
2: And... uh, The baby
4: wakes up first?
2: Baby wakes up. I make Moshe... Well, it's been my kind of influence. I try to get us to turn off our phones for 15 minutes and have coffee and have a conversation. Right. So we'll throw right. our phones over and then uh, we hang out with our baby for about seven minutes. And then the Hand nanny her comes. Hand it to the nanny.
4: I go surfing. <laughs> Natasha gets a pedicure and then that's and her the nanny. day. <laughs> <laughs> no, no I, the pedicure. I don't think we have a typical day, really, do we?
2: I mean, I think that's one of the good things about being, being a, comedian a comedian. Yeah. Is, yeah. It's always different, and you know. Now that we have a baby, we try to spend our weekends with the child and our mornings. We and went camping this our weekend. Evenings.
4: Actually, you we went camping this weekend. Yeah, we went. Up- you guys
2: have a camper van.
4: Yeah, I have like well. We have an RV.
2: Oh, you got
0: to tell me about that RV story about that guy. I read that.
4: That. Uh, oh, that was so fucking annoying, dude. Yeah, I was like, I was gonna upgrade because ba- basically. Oh, can I interrupt you know, for hard-
2: one second? Yeah. I- I actually can't hear Moshe's about Moshe's RV right now. <laughs> I'm so sorry. It's okay. I just, I actually can't. Can he just go more into that origin story about yeah. him at the punchline? <laughs> Are there any details he could fill out about that that we didn't hit so that we don't have to talk about his RV? Please. Do you, you like camping? Natasha? I do. I do. I, you yes, don't
4: seem like you'd like camping. No, it's, it's
2: fun. You're so close to nature. It's amazing.
4: Well, this weekend we were up in kind of like a, a mixture. You might, you probably like it actually because it's it's, pr- it's really good for families. It's this place called El Capitan Canyon.
2: It's in Santa Barbara, and you rent a little cabin, and it's all outdoor, and it's on a creek, and there's tons of families it's right I mean, by it's, the beach. It's littered with kids. Like there was a kid climbing in the tree outside of our cabin. Like yeah, they're just but it's kind of
4: fancy too, and there's there's massage, and there's it's a nice place to go, and it's so close. It's like an hour and a half the away. The ocean.
2: There's a pool. Yeah, so we took our kid there. She loved it. We put her by the campfire, made some s'mores, roasted some salmon. It was wonderful. Do
0: you find, are you, do you find, I was never, I don't know if I've ever been a nurturing parent. Like I'm, I'm snuggly or I cuddle, I giggle, I tickle. But I don't know if, I don't know if I was a nurturing or do you find yourself, are you a nurturing parent?
2: I am for sure. I'm pretty like, I when
0: I talk to my kids, I talk to them like they're adults. I've always talked I'll, to them like they're adults.
4: I do too, even with the baby actually, because yeah. my mom always did that with me. I never got any baby talk my whole life. i Well, baby most Well, Mosha didn't
2: kids. get, you got sign language anyway, because oh, your right. parents are deaf.
4: <laughs> yeah. I think she was talking. Wait, how do a, you
0: baby talk in sign language? I you
2: don't. You
4: could. I think you could. I, I thought, it could be with your facial expression. Yeah, right? I mean, I just always remember my, my, my mom and my grandma talking to me like I was grown and could understand everything that they were saying, you know? Yeah. And I think, like, I don't know, that that seemed important for some reason. I think that's smart. I've always talked to kids like they're adults, and it, I just, I don't know why. So
2: like, I mean, that's modern parenting. That's, like, what all the modern books say that's oh, for real well that's like trendy right now what? to talk to your kid like they're a person not like how are you doing today like it they see they say that that's kind of disrespectful to i actually
4: children. kind of find it annoying too when i when yes. i because i have some friends who like always talk to what are you
2: doing every baby time, and i
4: almost want to be like could you not could you not talk to her like she's completely fucking stupid like, <laughs> like what am i trying to model do you what are we trying to model to her but maybe i'm wrong because kids do like it they do respond to that little Uh-oh. like like up up talk or whatever my kids
0: i i mean i i just i mean i actually even took their names and i called georgia george uh-huh. for whole life and i called isla i i just was cool like
2: names
4: yeah i didn't name them well we i think i was thinking while you were talking about your how you were not a good dad i was thinking about this uh, uh i have a it, thought
2: on this too so you, oh, you do
4: well it just occurs to me that like you're Cause such a,
2: by the way we do live relationship counseling so we know, are both have. we are both kind of like into like you know well, psychoanalyzing. Yeah,
4: right. Well, no, I was just thinking about it. Like, I just, I, you know, like you're just so clearly a person that was born to perform and born to be on the road and born to kind of like do be be Burt, right? Yeah. And like you could have had a you could have had a life where you squelched your instinct and stuffed them in and became super this, dad. Yeah, super dad, false representation of who you are, and probably what that would have resulted in. Is you being miserable and you modeling misery to your kids, and them being like, "Dad sucks, he's unhappy." But, yeah. but now instead, with their
2: like joie de vivre,
4: yeah, like so maybe they didn't get this typical like Bob Saget sitting on the bed every night saying like, "Are you okay?" Full House, Dad. Yeah, they did not. They get definitely that. didn't get that. But what they got, like, just in seeing you that Conan clip because I really was uh, like touched by that and thinking like, "What an awesome upper, what an awesome father this person has." Even though I know you, it was like weird yeah. to watch you and go like, "Wow, this is such a cool because you're like so." Mad masculine but that is such a like nearly feminist clip like yeah. you know the way you talk about periods and stuff it's like they got the dad they got everybody gets that right it's like yeah. everybody gets what they get and like i, I kind of feel like you being super dad would have been a w- much worse you would have been a much worse dad like being super selling dad.
0: boats and, and, yeah. <laughs> and, and <then laughs> right. just coming home being like all right i guys. love you guys
4: and so you know,
2: fucking much i think what's involved in that because i have other male comics who've like kind of leaned more towards being more conservative and i think the woman makes them you know, kind of drags them more to the, so the fact that your wife gave you all that freedom. And I think that the weeks that you did spend with your kid, you probably were more present. Yeah. And because you were like following your bliss, you're teaching them to follow their bliss. Right. So That's I think what I was saying. It's
4: like, what's better, a present miserable dad who never did anything he wanted to do or a mercurial difficult to pin down happy Dad, that show that models to you like you can you can do what you want and have fun and have a great life. I prefer
2: you can get paid to take your shirt off.
4: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's what you're
2: modeling to your girls.
0: <laughs> I remember the first time my daughter, my oldest daughter, wanted to watch my my fur my first my second special, the Machine, and she goes, "Hey, can I watch a little bit of that?" And I was like, "Yeah, I'll play it." How old is she? At the time, probably. Um, I did it probably 11, maybe 11 or 12, maybe. And she goes, Hey, can I watch a little bit of that? And I was like, yeah, sure. And I, we were sitting in my bed and I played it and I get up and I take my shirt off. She goes, Whoa, Whoa, you took your shirt off. And I said, yeah, I perform shirtless. She goes, you do the whole show with your shirt off. And I went, you didn't know that. She goes, how would I know that? I've never seen you do stand up. And I went, hold on. You had no idea that I performed shirtless. And she was like, no, you did. People watch that, and I was like, "Yeah." And then I played a little bit, and then immediately she has pause. She goes, "You're never showing this to Isla," and I was like, "Oh no, Isla will never see this because I try just trashed Isla the whole time." Oh really? Oh, that's oh, very God, funny. Yeah.
2: What do you you trash your daughter? Yeah,
0: but like in a fun way. But like, yeah, I call them idiots and dickheads and like. But like, I think when your kids get older,
2: but Isla can now see it.
0: Oh yeah. Oh, uh, it's become problematic. Does she hate it? No, shouldn't hate it. But I have to I have to run things past her now. Oh really? Like, yeah, because things will come up that are fucking like period party. Like, was that Isla or did... That's Isla. Isla's the really int- I mean, like they're both great kids. But Isla's really bizarre. Like uh-huh. just a really bizarre person. And so and her brain works in a way that like no one's brain works like that. And so I mean I'm sure other people do, but like I I've never witnessed it. And so she it was it was very easy to um get material out of her it's right like, i mean one of the jokes i told on that special i think on that special or on the most recent one On the most recent one was just a true story of her coming into my bedroom in the middle of the night waking me up and going hey dad do you believe in time travel in the middle of the night and you're just like that's very what funny the fuck and then like and it was just like she keeps her deodorant in the refrigerator like just why like an eccentric human why uh, does
2: she keep her de- she must have a reason
0: uh she would put deodorant and rub it on her lip like this. because... So she didn't sweat? Nope, because she couldn't trust that everyone else was gonna wear deodorant. <laughs> <laughs> so that way, that way she could. She I think I like that? her. She yeah. seems cool. She is really an interesting child. Um How
2: do you foster that? Do you get her involved in nothing.
0: like <laughs> nothing. Wait, so has she seen the Kona clip? She saw the period. So she get, you know, she gets her period, obviously. She was did not want to get her period and then Throws a period party. Mm. I put her on Instagram too. I Instagram the whole thing. And then that night, I get in bed and she comes in my room. She's like, hey, can you, can you take that off Instagram? Because And she was cool with it at the time. I go, yeah, why? And she goes, well, I just, I, I think we think it's funny, but I don't know what kids at school, if they see it, what they'll think. I, I don't want to get, That would be fun so
2: of. funny if you said no. <laughs> <laughs> I
4: was like, honey, I, daddy's got a
0: brand. It's kind of trending right now. So <laughs> And so then, I and then, I did a bit that next weekend about the period party and it did really well. So I come back, I go, Hey, I got it. I I did. I told a joke about your period and about the period party. And she was like, okay. And I was like, and I, I, I'm doing Conan in a couple of weeks. I'd like to do it on Conan. She had no frame of reference for what Conan was, by the way. It's like me going, it's like telling, you know, like a child I'm doing it on Conan. It's like, okay, cool. So then I do it and they watch it that night and starts and, Isla hits pause with Leanne <gasps> and Georgia and goes, he's making fun of us. <laughs> and mom, my, oh, my wife goes, yeah, baby. And she goes, why? I, she goes, well, you know, not a lot of people have period parties. And she goes, I thought everyone had period parties. <laughs> my wife's like, no, baby, that's the way your brain works is that you wanted to have a period party. But like, what's, wh- why it's funny is that, that not a lot of people... Have ever thought that way?
2: But I thought that kids have period parties. Kids do now. have period like parties. Like I heard that my friend, uh, her kid goes to school, and the girl got like a nine hundred dollar purse for her period.
0: Oh, I didn't. I didn't, <laughs> I didn't get any presents. She just got a red velvet cake. But um, but red so,
2: velvet cake. Yeah, with her
0: name, she named her period Jason because she got it on Friday the thirteenth. And so, <laughs> she, but that's the way her brain works. And so, right. and she, my wife's like, no, but by daddy making fun of you, he's celebrating you. It's like a, it's like, it's like his way of like saying how cool this is he can't just go out and just you know say it the way you think he should say it and then the next day i got the clip went viral and and all these little girls started emailing isla really yeah and being like hey thanks for letting your dad talk about your period on tv i got mine and i was super freaked out and my dad threw me a period party and we welcomed
4: (laughs) daryl to the family that's
0: awesome (laughs) and so
2: so it was all positive
0: it was all positive but at
4: first she saw that she was like she didn't understand the the language of comedy she, understand to know comedy. this wasn't mean it's or so yeah. whatever.
2: scary cuz like you want to protect your kids too, so I, I think I would have I would really struggle with that.
0: It's tough now. Because
2: that's what's happening to you, you want to talk about your kids, yeah. just like I want to post pictures of my kids, but then I, my kid, but then I'm like, "Wait, I want her to have privacy."
0: Oh, I see. I i fucking way past that. Like I've been posting videos of my kids forever and then I and then I was talking about them, and then when the special did well, it all of a sudden everyone's like, "Oh, I know Isla," and like people will stop Isla and be That's like, "Isla," cre- is that That's creepy? Very to you? Very. That's yeah. I've had people in the grocery store ask to get a picture with Isla, and you're, I'm just like, "Please don't do that." And so I'm like, what do
2: you do then? Do you try to like cut, like step back a little bit from talking about them?
0: No, I mean i i, I don't I don't know how to do it any other way, right? Like I, I mean, I just know to talk about my life, and so like. And so I, it's like I don't, and I also, now I'm self-conscious because I go, I didn't really talk, I don't really talk about Georgia much because Georgia's just like a regular, <laughs> right. like she's only got like one good bit in her. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> and, 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 but, uh, but yeah, we went to Comic-Con, and it and I, and Isla, shut, it was not an enjoyable experience for She her. didn't enjoy it. Because I got stopped. I got stopped maybe, I'm not even joking, maybe 500 times. Uh-huh. Oh,
2: it's almost as much as Moshe's had sex.
0: Yeah. <laughs> we each have
4: our thing. But <laughs> people enjoy your comedy. People enjoyed my dick once upon a time. But uh, they would immediately recognize me, and then they'd look, and
0: they'd go, Oh, this is Isla in Georgia.
2: So they recognize you from your special? Yeah. At Comic-Con?
0: Oh god. That's yeah. amazing.
2: Yeah. I didn't know it was like that because I thought it was more like people were recognizing people from their favorite No. Dorky TV show.
0: This is the reason anyone rec the people who go to Comic-Con to look for celebrities a lot of them. And so if you are if I'm not saying I'm a celebrity but if you are recognizable especially if you're on Instagram a lot or like I am or on Netflix, people are just looking for celebrities. So it's a really bad place to go. Like even if you're like be grade celebrity, you're going to get recognized a ton because that's all people are there for, really. Right?
2: You know they that? have the little all the autograph hounds are there. Yeah, and- all
4: the autograph hounds are there, and then that's and that's the other thing to that twenty year thing you brought up earlier, like like how it used to take a long time. The reason it, I think it used to take a long time is that comedy just wasn't that popular. It's and, so popular and right and now. Yeah, when we started, I mean, you started like probably three years before us, right? You about seventeen? Or I something? started
2: in two thousand nineteen or. 2001
4: 2001 I started probably 2002 and like there was no it wasn't cool to be a comedian like no,
2: no I, I had a very small group of people that I started with like Anthony Jezelnick and Morgan Murphy and Jen Kirkman and we all kind of started together and we're at the shows all together and
4: and yeah and like it, you know the cool kids in comedy, like, they were being cool kids in comedy. It wasn't cool to do comedy. No, like. yeah. they were
2: just, the, I just, ever. yeah, it was you know, like, who are these people? Yeah, I like, guess in, we're all the same.
4: <laughs> in Oakland, when I would, like, the way that I dressed, the way that I looked, if I would tell people I did stand-up, I would get, like, a straight-up blank stare. Like, what? Like, the person who looked like me should have been a DJ. That's how it feels. Is what DJing in the early 2000s is what being a comedian is now. Like, every single human being is a stand-up comedian. But every now. single
2: yeah. human being is also a DJ.
4: That's true. But there's I think it's true. There's a lot, of, tr- there's a lot of DJs DJ. out there. <laughs> (laughs) (laughs) so that's what made it this is how popular
0: comedy is right now there is i mean comedy is so popular that hannah gadsby does anti she does the opposite of comedy and it's popular like she's doing what like i just uh, read a review of her new one douglas
4: oh the new yorker piece yeah
0: yeah i I didn't read the whole time i'm not a a good reader but like i read that it was it's good that it's interesting i'm like oh cool i can't wait to see it Uh but like they say you know She's doing anti-comedy. She broke comedy. She killed comedy. Like, that's how popular comedy is. There's a comedian out there that's not doing comedy, and it's still a
4: comedian. Like, that's fucking insane. I did think that people's reaction to uh, Hannah's, Hannah Gatsby's show was, to me, I was like, people got so mad, like people in the comedy world got so so mad about it that to me, all it did was show how insecure comedians are about their own art form. Like that one person can do like, like you're saying a kind of like flipping the tone of comedy and do it and do a show that's kind of like decidedly like going in the opposite direction. It's like, no one says you need to like this special, but the fact that like, I see people to this day People that we work with, mm-hmm. like on Facebook, like the fucking piece of shit, shitty fuck. I'm just like, how you, insecure are you about your own comedy that, that this person, like how many bad specials are there out there? There's so many bad specials yeah. out there that no one that no one mentions. It's like, who cares that somebody is like going in a different direction and doing something that's tonally not what you want? Like how many specials she are there? She definitely
2: up? struck a nerve. She
4: struck a she huge really nerve. struck a nerve. That, like, and that has
2: to do with timing and where the world was at, and people are angry, and maybe it's just like,
0: yeah, I, I think you know. it's also was I think what a lot of people, I think a lot of people misplaced their um their emotion onto Hannah Gadsby, yeah. when it was in fact, they should have been angry at those journalists who were writing articles saying, Comedy's dead. That's for sure true. And she's not necessarily
4: responsible for the she's reaction that for the reaction she's just
2: doing what you're doing, Bert, and what you're doing. you're performing just being with yourself. her shirt off yeah. <laughs> yeah. T- taking her
4: shirt off as a headlining show. yeah doing
2: what she knows what exactly. she wants to do. But you also, know? And that's we, what I, art is. You express yeah. yourself
4: and there's another layer to it, too that they, that I think people were reacting to, which is that this, and I think it's a pretty foolish notion, but i I, I do understand where it comes from is people are feeling like as comedy becomes more and more popular, more and more people feel like comedy is under siege, right? Yeah. And like I actually do think that comedy has an I don't think comedy's in trouble, but I think that comedy has an outsized percentage of focus on it. Like why has there been so much focus on what comedians are saying, what problematic jokes comedians are making when there's like I mean there's so much horrible shit in the world that like people that you know, listen to heavy metal or listen to gangster rap is like every single song is like you know Decapitation and getting your dick sucked and tossing somebody out of a uh, you know a cutlass right it, it's is, like-
0: it is pretty it is pretty astounding to me that the same microscope
4: that's on comedians isn't on hip hop at all it's, it's wild for sure and so I, I get that like what i get why that would make a person feel insecure when it's like every article there's a million articles about how comedy's changed and comedy you can't talk about this on stage anymore and blah 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 but what i see in reality all these people out there that are like rallying for the cause like god god forbid i'm ever out there like trying to pretend that doing comedy is like a righteous and like moral it's not to me it's not it's fun i love it i care about it almost more than anything else but i don't think it's one of the foundation principles of a free and uh, and open society it's like i love doing it i love when people laugh i love making people laugh but but like to yeah to me it's 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 not as important as what a lot of people are doing like somebody working a public school teacher. It sort of feels like more important than what we're doing. Maybe, maybe
0: I'm over. I'll, I'll tell you what, though. Every now and then, I, I've had, you know, I've had like people. I I, n- I never thought comedy. I never thought comedy was like. I didn't really put much thought into anything. I'm always shocked people care about things. I'm always shocked. Like I have such little introspection sometimes that I just am living in the now. I'm really I'm like a goldfish, and so. I never really put any thought into comedy. And then one day I did this set in uh, Flappers and it, was, it wasn't was even that great. But this lady who's on uh, my wife's podcast a lot, but is our neighbor. And I've known her for a long time. Our kids are friends. Uh, her name's Jeannie. She came up to me and she said, you know, I haven't laughed since my dad died. My dad died like a month ago and I haven't laughed. And this is the first time I laughed. And when I laughed, I really forgot about my pain. And so, thank you. And I was like, oh, cool. You know, you just kind of get a compliment. You're like, yeah, cool. And so, then, like a week later, we think we're going to have to put Priscilla down because she's had fucking five knee surgeries. And I'm on my treadmill and I'm watching TV and I'm really upset about. Is
2: Priscilla your mother?
0: No, my. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: I love that you like uh, first name everybody.
0: <laughs> no, it's our dog and so so our bull mastiff. And so the doctor calls and and says, you know, hey, we just got a surgery. She's still under, but we're, you know, this this other ACL is torn and now the kneecap's over to the side. And so, you know, we wanna know if you want us just to put her down or to fix it. It's gonna be like another seven grand to fix it. And I'm like, motherfucker. And so I'm back here and I have this information I haven't shared it with Leanna the girls and I'm sad thinking I don't want to put this dog down but this is going to be a lot of money cuz now I'm sure the other leg going to have the same problem and I'm we're talking now we're probably it, it ended up being a, a lot of fucking money that we spent on this dog. And I'm really sad and I'm on the treadmill and I'm why Greg Geraldo's on the thing and Geraldo just makes a joke and I I don't remember the joke but I laughed and I forgot about Priscilla right. for a second and I went fuck is that what we do like oh my god i just forgot about that shut up and then i just went in and i told the girls what happened and then we decided not to kill her but but i but i i do think that it's important but you're right you're right you're right it's like like i think of all the people we just did this ride that ride was for the families
4: of fallen first responders right that guy's those guys in jobs So much more important. Right. I think that's what I was trying to get at is like, I have very little tolerance for comedians who think that we're heroes because we do comedy. But I also was thinking about it even as you were saying it. You're right. There is something intrinsically very beautiful about the fact that people travel around the world just trying to make people have a good time and laugh. And, you know, like we watch. Great British Bake Off, you know, sometimes. I've never seen that, everyone talks about it. Well, the thing that it the, its value is, we're living in this time of like unbelievable, like, chaos and 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 ideological battle lines being drawn and everybody hates everybody and you know everybody wants to their political adversaries to like suffer and like and,
2: and it, even the left is all the infighting amongst right. everyone it's not
4: just right versus left it's left versus liberal and right versus alt-right and oh. everybody it's just a swirling fucking you know flaming mass of chaos and like Br- great british bake-off you turn it you turn on an episode and it's just some Fucking fuddy duddy gra- grandma from you know Leeds on Tasting Lancashire your cake or something. And
2: saying it's overdone. You're just saying overproof. like, oh, the
4: sponge here is a little. Speaking of which we're coming to the Soho House in London, August thirteenth through the seventeenth. But anyway, like there is. Oh, you're gonna. Are you doing a lot of dates over in? Yeah, we're doing, doing, doing five,
2: six nights. I think, yeah,
0: six
4: nights at the London. Soho House
0: are you together. Serious? Yeah. How great's that gonna be? Oh, uh, we're really excited. That's a great fun. I've never played there, but I've never even been there. But all I know. You've is never is done everywhere. England at all. No, I did England. You just did it, right? Yeah, I just did. Yeah, it, yeah. Just did five I did five different cities but oh, I'm awesome I've
4: always heard the Soho house the, the Soho's yeah we're just, excited it's intimate too and we do like a, we do a really fun show where we like Tosh does stand you know you saw. us yeah, yeah. I do but, a half yeah. hour
2: he does a half hour and then we do our live relationship yeah we counseling. like bring couples up
4: fucking and roast them live that is gonna be so fucking and awesome and as you
2: can see we're really good at offering advice and <laughs> insight
4: <laughs> but like yeah. yeah there's something about like and I think probably that's what comedy does even if you're seeing a really political comedian. Even if you're seeing like a, a a really edgy comedian who's maybe talking about the darkness and the human soul, right? Yeah. You're still just like having this sort of. So I take it back. It's not. It's it's got a great deal of value. I think stand up's got a great deal of value. I just don't think it's heroic to be a stand up comedian. It's. I do. You do.
2: No, I no no. I think it's good to follow what it is you're good at.
4: Right. Yeah. I think you know.
0: I was always I was always shocked at the people who. People who were most offended by Hannah Gatsby were the people who tell the most offensive jokes and always go, "Hey man,
4: if you don't like it, change the channel." Completely, it was, I was it really blew my mind. Anything that, goes, that, anything goes, no holds barred, except I, no, 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 no. I don't that. I that, don't like that, that, shit. that. bar has been. I hold. thought
0: that was so fucking comical. That's so true, because I was like, because I watched it, and there were times where I was like, I like, but I like, I'm. I'm I am probably a problematic person because I like hearing. I love hearing opinions I don't agree with. Sure, me too. Like, yeah. uh, um, There's a woman I would love to have her on my podcast. She would never come on my podcast. By the way, I, I'm, I'm uh, liberal, but I will always say, and that's the problem with the left. Mm-hmm. because. And I said it to my sister. I got to fight with my sister this past weekend. But that's the problem with the left is that she just assumes I'm one thing, so she would never want to have a conversation with me. But there's this woman, Lindy West. So I've, I've reached out to her a couple of times. And she did this great fucking I know thing Linda. on NPR where where she, it was, yeah, I think it was on on This American Life. I know the but, one you're talking about. And it was so- About duh. being fat. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm fat. And I'm fucking, I was like, I was like, I would love to talk to her and, and, and explore that. If, but here's the problem. And, and I don't blame her. Sometimes if you're not, whatever, I, I, like I've had people on the podcast where- they're uh, different-minded, maybe than right. than my fans, and they just they just get shit on. And you're right. like, and you're like, I don't blame her for going. Like, I don't want to be put through that. Like, right. I don't need a fucking list of like all, I will tell you what. I posted something about Whitney's uh, special on my on my Instagram today. Just say, to, Hey, Whitney's special streaming now. And I didn't read the comments. I never read the comments. But the first comment, the one that shows up under the picture, goes, Wow a lot of angry virgins on this chat thread. And I went, why? Why would you do that? She's my friend. shes I've had her on the podcast. Like, did you need to like trash her in the comment sections? You know, it's funny that you they'll mentioned. They'll trash
2: no matter what though. Or do you, I mean. No. The internet is a
0: dark no, 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 place, no. man. If I put a picture up of like, like I've never been a brand loyal comic. Like like, there's certain brand. Like if I put a Sober October post up, oh, they'll have a fucking blast with it. But like if I like there's certain things that like I put a picture of I did a video of me and, and my daughter shooting guns. My daughter pointed the gun at me on accident. And and I was like, hey, guys. Oh, see, so now you're getting
4: hate from both sides. Yeah, because I was like, the yeah. anti-gun, the anti-gun people are mad at you and the gun, the, gun the, people, the pro-gun yeah. people are mad at you. Yeah. That, that's a bad, that's a bad week on the Internet. And so I just put it up there and I was like, it was like
0: fourteen hundred comments. And I was like, well, no, you stand away from that fucking section.
4: I mean, you asked at the like Natasha earlier like do do talented female comics get more opportunities uh faster maybe than their like uh, some white male counterpart yeah. and maybe they do but also there's another there's the other side shit. to it there's another side to it yep. which is you post one thing about Whitney special and there's like 1200 comments that you can only I mean we there's could write so many them.
2: podcasts when I do it like so many of the comments are like there's no funny woman there's maybe Mrs. Pat but that's it or Miss Pat like I just remember people like whenever we do uh well I don't want to say
4: but yeah I know the, what you're saying I already know what you're saying there there can be there can be dark but
0: weeks. The week, on it's you the just because you're a woman. so like and I say this I say this in a way that like you're so fucking funny like having you two on the podcast the first time we did it with both you guys i could not stop laughing at like your sidebars into every conversation <laughs> and whenever you're on rogan when you two were on rogan together it was so fucking funny then you'd be like i'm sorry i don't know anything about this ufc is and which is joe's life i could not stop laughing so
2: i, I just i wonder if it's, oh but that like you know people don't love that
4: but it is how true. do they not find that funny i just people are They're like, serious but but that Lindy West thing that you were saying um I actually do yeah I, I understand what you're saying why she might be interested in having a. I I know her but I'm not super close with her and, but i I follow everything she does because I think she's a really talented writer and really interesting and even when she's I even writer. when I don't I agree with Shereel. her even when I don't agree with her I'm like intrigued by her ideas I like, I'm that. like I like
0: hearing the I like hearing things I don't know about or and so when I watched the net I was like Number one, I was like, wow, Tasmania must be filled with fucking savages. It seems
4: like a country ass, <laughs> some backwards ass shit. I
2: mean, it is called Tasmania. <laughs>
4: It's, it's like the one representation is the devil that <laughs> no but now you've got another one which is yeah. Nanette. Yeah. <laughs> those are the two media representations of
0: tasmania Poor tasmania I know, needs a like... fucking facelift <laughs> i almost when i was in australia I almost flew down to tasmania and do a did a do a did a special of all my old stories that aren't on specials that were just podcast stories yeah that i never released and did it and called it live from tasmania that's awesome and then the other part of me was like i bet they would love my comment yeah <laughs> if based on what nanette
4: said yeah. i think they would love me do you know the tasmanian devils are all dying do you know about this no they're all dying because the way they fight is they they like gnash faces and they have a this is the scariest thing i've ever heard they have a form of contagious face cancer contagious cancer can you imagine you get into Whoa. a bar fight and you get like fist cancer imagine oh, that that's what then they're all that. dying and all the co- all the koalas are dying of chlamydia so anyway i knew that yeah I knew that. it's a it's a dark day in Oceania. we have but, uh, oh, yeah i was gonna say lindy west um that special uh I don't. I'm not a big fan of like limits on my comedy. Like as long, unless they're they're organic to me. If I don't feel comfortable telling a joke anymore, then yeah. I don't want to tell it. Yeah. That special uh, that uh, episode of This American Life really made me think. Like, I don't know that I want to do fat jokes anymore. Listening to yeah. it, it just was like, I, not that no one should. I mean, yeah. everybody who wants to. But for me, I was just like, it was such an effective ep- podcast episode that I was like, I don't think I'm. I think I'm done with that. With that because it was it's, it's so not intense. Like
2: you'd make fat jokes.
4: I I had one. I had a really like long, a really good bit actually. Actually, I still stand by the bit. It's a very funny bit. Yeah. But I was just like, I don't know that it would be worth it. It just for me, like I, I wouldn't I wouldn't fault another person if they were telling you if I saw to be them do you a part
2: of any kind of regression. Like you want to be a part of like the solution. Whatever it was,
4: it hit me in the gut. I shouldn't have said that, but it hit me uh, in the area where, at any any rate, and I was just like, I think I might be done with that bit. I think
0: there's, that's, I am like, when when you hear a lot of the uh, internet saying, you know, nothing's off limit in comedy. I agree. Right. I don't, I, I, I reserve the right to talk about anything on stage, but there is a thing that I've realized that since I've gotten older is like, I also don't want anyone leaving my show feeling like total shit. It's a balance, like, man. Like right. I, it's not me. I, if, by the way, if, and I'm not saying Jesselnick or Tosh or all all the great Burr, all the great guys who are edgy as fuck. That if they're cool with it and they're cool with that
4: transaction, but people who
2: are coming to see any of those people 100%. are up for it. Yeah. If
4: you go to a Jesselnick show and you leave uh, hurt. It's because you didn't fucking google who you were going to see. Like yeah. you you fucked Maybe up. Maybe you a were bit. like
2: an elderly woman who wanted the night of comedy and doesn't have access to the internet. So
4: you thought you'd go to a theater show with an hour of one comedian only. <laughs> it's just such a bizarre idea. Like who's going to that show? Yeah. Who's going to a Jim Norton show and going like, I, "I had no I had no idea," you know? But, you know, and it is a balancing act, though, because it's like we all know, like, yeah, you're a very jovial comedian, and like, yeah. and I'm not, I- I'm, I- I'm not jovial on stage, but I'm not, I'm certainly never trying to like hurt anybody's feelings, but I'm also not trying to, uh, you know, compromise the comedy. But we also, on the other hand, all. I've all had the experience of a person sitting in your show laughing at this joke and they laugh at your BMW joke and then they laugh at this joke and that joke and then the minute you get to your dog bit they're like I like dogs and then they sort like Tosh had this great used to have this great joke about um, about getting an AIDS test at the DMV remember that joke?
2: Oh my god I opened with it one time in New York and this girl stands up and she goes because I said something like you
4: didn't open with it. It was into your set. That's what I remember. It was. Because, it was
2: at the t- It was like the beginning of my set. But I said I don't even remember the joke. Oh, waiting was, in line at the DMV is worse than finding like, out you have AIDS. It was something, or something. about getting.
4: They do AIDS tests in the line at DMV, and, and what's worse than waiting in line is uh, at the DMV is finding out you have AIDS when you get to the front. Some something. Yeah, anyway,
2: yeah. this girl stands up and she's like, "My brother has AIDS," and she like got her whole table to leave.
4: Yeah, and it's like. <laughs> You know, everybody's had that experience of like, yeah. you know, this joke's okay, and this joke's okay, and this joke's okay, and that joke applies to me. That's the one that's not okay. So, it's a balancing act. But
2: I, also, it reminded her of her brother, and I felt bad, you know, like you said.
0: Yeah. you've Yeah.
2: Well, I think we've learned a lot. I think that we just have to be ourselves.
0: <laughs> right. And
2: the, try to take into consideration other people and uh, just spread joy.
0: I, I, I had a joke. I had a rape joke that was i still to this day think is so funny and i told it at the brea improv for the first time and it murdered what's the joke uh is the premise is i was watching locked up abroad love that show i love that show and it was about this couple in chechnya who were running an orphanage and chechen rebels came in and uh took the kids away and then held the couple hostage for like six months and they're wa- I'm watching this, and they're t- I'm watching it with my wife, and and then uh, and I'm like, they held them. There's a guy and a girl, and they held them hostage. And then they go, and six months into being hostages, they raped the woman. And I I was like, fucking finally, like what? <laughs> like as her husband, you got to be like, you got to be like what it took you six months i fucking married her like and so like it it's just i'm not doing it justice right now but it's it, it murdered in the room it was the whole premise was anyway i'm not gonna get into it because all i know is that i got off stage and i was proud of the joke i was like that jo- i can figure that joke out yeah that's gonna be a good and in my head i was like i got a rape joke and matt fultron to like just goes and did you hear that and he goes yeah i said what'd you think he goes i thought it was funny i said yeah and he goes yeah but you got to remember, there's probably a woman here got straight up fucking raped and did not enjoy that joke. And I went, huh? And he goes, yeah. I mean, like, you probably ruined someone's night. And I went, who? Oh. I never looked at it that way. I just looked at the people laughing and the idea that I had a new premise. And then I went, well, my goal is never to, like, I don't, I, and I, I mean, if you get offended by something ridiculous, right. then I can't help you there. But, like, my goal is never to be, like,
2: making like, people have a worse time for coming to see it. Yeah,
0: and like and I've done that a bunch. I've done that a couple times where you know you take you take a swing at something. And that's fine when you're trying to figure out material, but if if it's in your act and you're like, I stand by this. Then I just I mean, you can do whatever you want as a comic, but I just it makes me uncomfortable.
4: No, I hear you. Like you shouldn't be standing by something because you have a principle of I stand by everything. Y- you yeah. should be standing by it because you genuinely think like this thing is funny and i believe in it like i got stuff in my first special it's actually funny when we did our special together on netflix it came out and then my old special from like seven years earlier got re re re-licensed by netflix probably because they put our ours out and then they put it out and people were like um people like oh shit new new moshe kasher special and they were like watching and it. it was very funny to me because it's like, it's me seven years ago and I stand by everything that's in there, but that doesn't mean I would tell all of those jokes exactly. now. Exactly. Because I've changed and the world's changed, society has changed and it's there's stuff in there that I'm like, well, that's me seven years ago, but oh, it ain't me I now. I won't let
0: anyone watch that. Right. I don't like, I, I'm, not, I'm not embarrassed of it. There's stuff I'm proud of, but there's stuff where I, I just, I'm not, I, I would never tell those jokes now. Right. We have just been doing a podcast for an hour and a half. Did you know that? Oh, I didn't know.
2: I knew only because I haven't eaten.
0: You um well i'll get you guys out of here well can we tell you about our podcast quickly yeah yeah
4: i just i just started it you just started it what like a month ago yeah it just came out like we, we 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 have five episodes out now so it's it's officially bingeable but it's called the endless honeymoon podcast and it's Tosh and i kind of doing what we do on stage but bringing it like sort we of take a, calls. we take live live relationship calls. can i tell
0: you the promo you did when you were walking your daughter yeah i'm you know i'm a promo whore right uh-huh. like i'm a promo whore the promo you did, where you started off the number and you said the last four numbers, you guys were walking together. It was such a good fucking promo. Oh, really? You. Oh, such because it's real, it's natural, it's in the moment. It doesn't, and it, it was just a good back and forth. And I was like, ah, oh. I saw that. I love
3: that. Yeah, we That's have like so two. Sweet. We have
4: two segments, which are the the calls, and we do like live relationship counseling, which is really fun because it's like endlessly interesting what people are going through out there. And it also is fun because it's like we're not talking about Trump. We're talking about like what people are dealing with in their regular lives. And we just had this awesome call last week where it was like this woman who was struggling with she's in a full time dominant submissive relationship with her husband full time, (laughs) meaning they don't have an off time. It's like even when they're out at a party, he's like, oh, we don't do carrots, you know, and she's like, yes, sir. But they have a seven month old and they're like, how do we keep our full time sub dom relationship going without our seven month old eventually being like. Mommy, why do you have a, a horse crop in your mouth? So like, me
2: and Mosh and then Emily and Kumel, Nanjiani were on it because we have other couples sometimes and we all kind of roasted roasted the
4: one. <laughs> yeah, it was very funny. And but then we also we the,
2: figured it out.
4: Yeah, we figured it out with them, which was, you know, it was, a fun, it was fun to figure it out because it's like, I don't have any idea. What, like, was I'm our, not... what
2: was our thought? It was that they need to have some limits, right? Like well, the, they're a... all about limits. So why not have a limit where the submissive... Thing turns off in the day. They need to have hours.
4: That was the part I didn't relate to. Is like, how horny are you that you need your sex life to be, twenty four hours a day? Yeah, <laughs> but yeah. That's that.
2: Well, they're kinky. They're like, that's what. It's a lifestyle, I right. think. So it's like usually people like that don't have kids. Or exactly,
4: I and we were so we said like, yeah, you gotta have some obviously parenting is about sacrifice except for you Bert Uh, parenting is about sacrifice so you like my wife and I have to come on your podcast (laughs) I would love that would you oh yeah a lot of comedians a lot of comedians are like protective of their spouses and they're like they don't want that so that would be so awesome if you guys came on we would love that dude my my wife was on Dr. Drew
0: and just oh perfect trashed me that's awesome and I was like and, and you know for the first for the first
2: time sorry your producer gave me a snack bar (laughs) for
0: the first time in uh a while i felt i for the first time ever i felt what it must be like to be my family member yeah 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 because i do that to them all the time no no. it's all honest shit and it's funny but like
4: i would love to have you guys come on because it's just like people are out there living and suffering and enjoying their lives and, and like It's really fun to kind of like do something that doesn't have anything to do with the political cycle. you know. Speaking of which, who are you guys going to vote for in Democrats, do you think? We're voting Trump, baby. We're on the Trump train, dog. (laughs) Who are you, bro? I'm going Trump too. (laughs) Um, I don't know. I don't know. uh, Elizabeth Warren. Elizabeth Warren or Bernie Sanders represent my political aspirations the most. And I'm sort of personally over voting for people because of their personalities. I think it's time to start voting for people because of their... Uh, policies. Yeah, I read yeah. this
2: interesting article today too that said that we, the liberals need to stop defending themselves to Donald Trump too. Like he's he's stating all the terms that we're fi- fighting on, and he's trying to make all the liberals seem like they're part of this group. Yeah. Whereas, like, just bring the conversation, indulge him for a second, answer his question, but then bring the conversation back to like what really matters.
4: I mean, yeah, yeah not to get—that's t- what
2: nobody's doing.
4: Totally, like, you can't. The Democratic Party has not figured out that being against Trump is not enough. It's yeah. not enough to not like that guy. You gotta. That's
2: what he wants. You, that's his terms. You know, make it all about him. You know what right. I would
0: do? I'd that's always, all he's trying yeah,
2: to do. I would he's just, winning.
0: I'd go up there, and I just—if they were like in the—in the—if I was the Democratic nominee, every time he say something, I just laugh. I go, "I fucking love this guy." That's yeah, what this guy that's wants. Really kills funny. me. This guy kills me. Yeah, you believe this? Or a
4: person
2: that just keeps saying, "You try to belittle him." Oh yeah, I or,
0: just do no, But first of all, I got to be honest with you. I'm so far out of politics that like. It is fascinating to watch him do what he's doing and see no repercussions. Oh it's I mean, wild. No. no. He's fucking
4: ripped, he, he, insane. He's ripped the space time continuum. Like people keep trying to people keep trying to play the game that we were playing you know, five years ago, but the game isn't, we're it's not changed. there anymore. Is it? somebody needs to go there. I fucking love this guy or just keep saying, Oh, shut up Donald and get back to your point. Yeah, like yeah. if just somebody or did talk that, to him
0: the way he's talking to them. Yeah. Everyone's trying to be like grown up talking to him. We're done with grown up. You, he's know, there, trying- you know, you know, he's going to win. There is, I very, called it last time. I said, Donald Trump's going to win. I guarantee he wins again. I you, guarantee the Democrats are so spread out across. And it's such identity politics where, you know the black candidate the gay candidate the and no one wants to be on the same team
4: i'm not sure i agree with you and i will tell i will tell you why do you have why? to get out of here yeah we, no, we, can, we can wrap this up tell
2: your political
4: i'm not sure i, I think he's got a very there, It's very possible that he could win yeah and i i mostly agree with what the the, the the kind of framework of what you're saying yeah. but you have to remember the unbelievably fragile margin by which he won before like I the, don't, by the way, I don't know any of that. You're it's right. Ins- but he the can
2: still win even if he doesn't win the popular vote by, vote by 5%. Completely.
4: But what he won by is so, uh, such an unbelievably small margin of people in each of the swing states that he won in. I mean, such a f- it, it's insane. It's like it's, yeah. it's, in some places it's in the tens of thousands. You know, like he would win that state by 15,000 votes. Like wow. that's like two Joe Rogan shows right worth of people <laughs> that is okay totally, yeah. so it's like all he has to do is alienate enough of those people to swing those states back so i i believe that like people that are tr- hardcore trump people aren't getting swayed the only people yeah. they're getting—what well, kind of an idiot are you? when you're a swing voter uh, and like, like the day before the—I don't know—is it going to be Donald Trump or or, or, or Kamala Harris? <laughs> Her- like, how, how are your how are you so <laughs> unclear about what you believe in that you're like? But here's, anyway,
0: there's no. It is so
4: true. It's crazy. No a swing
0: voter it's anymore? It's insane.
4: And old you know people ma- maybe. You know how many people don't vote in the country? Like seventy percent of eligible voters. Like, why they're not focusing on the people that don't vote instead of trying to like. Get these like fucking troglodytes that are like a week before the election, like swigging Mountain Dew going, hmm, maybe Buttigieg, maybe Trump. Like, I just don't know who's my guy. Like, okay, (laughs) So all he's got to have done in the last four years is alienated enough of those people to swing it the other way that I think a Democrat has a very viable chance of winning. That said. I wouldn't be. I won't be shocked. I'll be, uh, if if he won't if he be pulls shocked. it up. I won't be shocked.
2: What we won't be doing this time, though, Moshe is throwing an election party. That
4: was rough, dude. The you want to see the picture of liberal fucking arrogance? We had a we had a party. We had a pool party. We invited all of our Hollywood fucking friends over. We
2: turned the pool up to a hundred.
4: Yeah, because we thought it'd be you know <laughs> nice to like soak on yeah. these like pink peacocks. That and we bought. brought,
2: we rented a t- big TV, like outdoor TV. TV. We got
4: Mexican catering because we thought it'd be funny, you know, like you yeah. know, because Trump Mexico yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and there is nothing I and mean, it was like a one act play like there was nothing people
2: ending up in the fetal position in your Oh, it was so pool.
4: funny these like Hollywood clueless bubble liberals just like We
2: were like, all so confused when it started happening.
4: Yeah, yeah, and just like what is and then there's like one guy in the corner that kept being like there's still a statistical we're still we're still and then but finally that guy was like went home <laughs> like no. <laughs> yeah, he explained
2: like my you know my smartest political friend like explained he couldn't he couldn't win it or she couldn't win at this point and Oh man! We were,
0: I did. I was at the. We got into was, a huge fight that night too. I I was fight. crying. Why? It was, I
2: it was just like upset. I don't uh, know. Was,
0: I had just. You might
2: not be as liberal as us. <laughs> no, well, I'm, I'm not.
0: I don't think I. I don't know what I am. To be dead honest with you, all I know is that I've always voted Democrat. That's all I know is I've never voted Republican. Uh huh. But um, and so, but I, but I, um, I was I had been in Ohio and I had a joke about Trump at the time and I had said it and it did not get a laugh and I had done it all weekend and it hadn't gotten a laugh and one of the guys is like you're in Trump country and I was like I'm in Ohio like I think this is the most important state right and I came home and I was like Trump's gonna fucking win and I'd went to the the store that night we did a podcast and I had said to Burr Stanhope and Rogan backstage. I was like, guys, I really think Trump's going to win. They're like, there's no fucking way. Uh-huh. And when it started, I was like, I fucking knew this. I, I saw this by performing in the middle of the country enough. I was like, people are tired of liberals are or people are tired of uh, of liberal agendas. And they just wanted
4: something changed. And he was just well, a I, fucking... I, I think it's more than that. I think you're right. I, I don't think you're wrong that, it, that people were tired of certain aspects of liberalism in the left. But I also think people... Do you know anybody that trusts politicians? Nobody. Anyone? Nobody. No percent, zero percent of people think that politicians are honest or forthright. Maybe Bernie Sanders. No, I don't mean a politician. There are without question politicians out there that that have a moral core. But what I mean is like when 100% of the people in a country believe that the political system is fundamentally corrupt and that career politicians are by and large dishonest and in the pocket of big corporations, something extreme is bound to happen in a democracy and like i've always i've said this before but like the one good thing that could come of donald trump uh is uh, is that people stop believing that the president is some kind of like holy like you know royalty in 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 Britain, where they actually had royalty, nobody looks at the prime minister like they're special by just simply by virtue of being the prime minister. That yeah. they are like to be respected. We don't. The office of the the fucking MPs are screaming at each other, calling each other wankers. You but know, like you
2: can admit that it's absurd to have a family that you pay tax dollars to, so they can redo their house. What's that? Like the royal family?
4: Oh, 100% royalty is I mean, is, that's it, absurd. Royalty is truly stupid, and we think of our president as what. As a kind of royal, yeah. that somehow the finger of God, because fourteen thousand more people in Ohio voted for one person versus the other, that the finger of God is on that person. They deserve your respect. The president doesn't deserve your respect. They don't deserve anything. They're just uh, nobody who wants to be president should ever be president. They should yeah. never be president.
0: You should be forced on you. Absolutely. And we
4: should make the Rock president. We, I would love it. I would vote. Dude, for Dude, I would vote for the Rock in a hundred percent. A Rock Oprah ticket. Yeah. Oh my God. You in?
2: I mean, I
3: guess.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I appreciate you guys doing this. I really love you guys. I, I, I enjoy watching you guys on Instagram. I can't wait to. I'm gonna start listening to your podcast now.
4: Well, you're gonna come on the uh, podcast, 100. I wanted to come on with my wife so fucking bad. Endless honeymoon in, podcast. And we'll be
2: in London. Oh
4: yeah, we'll be in London uh, August yeah 12th through the 17th or something. At the and South I'm gonna be oh, in wow.
2: Philly this weekend if this thing comes out. Oh Please yeah, come see me without my husband wait, or what, my what child. Do you mean?
0: You're in Philly by yourself. She's in at the he- I'm at, doing at helium. helium. Ooh, I love that. I was just in Philly yes two days ago.
2: Uh, it's a great club. I
0: love helium. I love helium. That's one of the best. It's one of the best comedy venues in the country, I it's believe. It's so good. Low ceilings. I like it spread out awkward. Oh,
2: good. Now I'm I, excited. I am
0: excited Have you ever been there? I have,
2: but I just remember it being great, but I don't remember why. Oh. And you're telling me why. Oh, it's I've one seen. of my
0: it's one of my favorite, one of my favorite clubs ever. It's where I started doing calling sick to work shows. Or DC's where I started. DC's one of the best clubs in the world, too. I
4: love that place. I just did an album that I'll, maybe i'll come back on and promote it when when it's going to come out Dude, whenever hey but, i'm uh, being that serious you guys i were... did a crowd work album at the dc improv and all crowd work album and i'm very proud of it but it's not it's not out just yet it's coming Dude,
0: whenever you guys ever want to be on the podcast oh yeah
4: please 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 just call and i'd love to have you oh. i could i
0: could literally talk to you guys for hours we would love to come back and we would love to have you come on ours you said it done deal so it's now done deal. Booking. i'm i'm home <laughs> all of august you're gonna love london God, man, I fucking had so much fun in the UK. Oh, good.
2: Hell we're yeah, we're gonna have so
0: much fun. Now we're gonna go. Dude, to and Paris if you're the listening weekend. to this, and I know, I know, I have a bunch of UK uh, listeners. This is perfect date night. Hell yeah, perfect date night. Get a chick. Get your wife. Get a get bird. Your girlfriend. Yeah, get you a bird, and go down to this show. This is perfect date night. You guys are like the ultimate date night comedy show.
4: That's how we brand ourselves: the ultimate date night comedy show. <laughs> Come on out, God.
2: Uh, Thank you for having us. Bert, thanks for having us, dude. Always always a pleasure to be here. Oh, we love you too. This episode was brought to you by The Machine.